In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial panel in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps space today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day were declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. as you would like me to be. It was funny. I don't know. As long as you don't touch it, I think it'll be fine. It's just kind of dangled in there. She's sitting there not doing a whole lot. All right. I'm just saying, so that guy who sent us the... uh, Where is it? He sent us that thing about the the Yes, Richie, I Can See Your Nipples uh, thing. I don't know, wherever it is. I think his name is Brian, and I think he sent us the uh, Yes, Richie, We Can See Your Nipples. Which is fantastic. Um, so he sent us this. He sent us this whole thing with just the, the computer voice doing the Independence Day speech. But this is really how small my life is. So his name is Brian. He sent it to us. It was, I emailed back. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm just gonna make a small, a few small tweaks to it. And I, we became so obsessed with making it an accurate representation of Bill Pullman's speech. And how ironic and perfect is that I'm having... You told me you didn't take time to, like, tweak the inflection. I did. I did. I knew it. I could hear it. I added reverb and echo, and then I went to the trouble of finding the Independence Day score and syncing up the actual, like, the score from Bill Pullman's speech to the actual, to the same points in the the robot's delivery. I spent, like, 40 minutes doing that last night. (laughs) I haven't even done my taxes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the best part is at the end where the robot is sort of attempting to have some sort of like an actual human delivery, but he has the inflections all wrong. He doesn't know when to inflect up. Oh, all right. I'm really happy with that the final so product. Sad. I know. You know what it is? It was really good. I'm sorry that I didn't no, show no, the no, proper okay. enthusiasm. No, you seem really hurt about it. I don't want to take credit away from the listener either. Brian had the idea and he created the sort of robot voice doing the Bill Pullman thing. I'm just saying, I would say that was about 70% of it, but really God and the devil are both on the details. So I did spend a completely and wholly uh, disproportionate amount of time making it sound... You have no idea how difficult it is to find the instrumental version of that score and then to have it segue seamlessly into the applause from the actual film. That's not easy what I did. You know what it is? That's so great. We're going to play it again at the end of this segment. And can we play it every hour? Yes. Yes, we can, Sarah. Okay. It's only a minute and seven seconds long. If you can't give a minute and seven seconds for comedy, for what can you give it, Sarah Dillon? All right. 
Why, hello, it is the uh, Rick we Emerson. Need... Yes? I was just going to say, we need to play the Bill Pullman speech and the robot speech at the same time and see how really synced up you are. I don't know how long the Bill Pullman one is. I think it's how... a minute seven. Is it really? Yeah. I know the robot doesn't exactly have, they have a similar delivery, but I would say that they don't time out exactly correct. Okay. You find out how just long the thought. Bill, uh, how, find out how long it is from... This is really what we're spending our time and a federally licensed radio station. This is what we're doing. So the, the well, let me just, can you pop me down for just a second? Yeah. Or up, rather, I meant. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is wrong with you? So there's one. Okay, no, mine's one point seven. aircraft from here will join others from around the world. All right, so it takes seven seconds for him to, give, to begin speaking. So the so the actual speech, I would say, is about 55 seconds long. Okay. Yeah, my speech is a, a minute 29. Bill Pullman kind of drags it out a little bit longer. I think this is a really ill-advised idea. It is. It's a stupid idea. We'll pursue it nonetheless because it's what we do. Uh, coming up later on today, Clergy Watch, uh, Religious Nutcase Watch. I think we have a Geek Watch because I want to talk a little bit about... That whole business with that J.K. Rowling lawsuit, which I don't really understand. Uh, let's see. Bob Costantini will join us today. CNN Radio Correspondent to the Stars. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be here. We'll talk to uh, James Roop as well. And I guess they just don't... I guess they just don't have anybody covering the presidential debate, because why would you? It was only watched by 10 million people. Exactly. When I was trying to schedule it with Dan, he's just like, <laughs> no. I'm like, really? I mean, I know that it wasn't on CNN. I know that ABC was carrying it, but still, you'd think that... At some point, they did. They would take some small amount of effort to cover uh, decision 08, as they call it. Although it was a nice touch that the debate was being moderated by a guy who used to work for Hillary Clinton. I'm sure that's not. I'm sure that's not upsetting anybody in the Barack Obama camp right now. Anywho, uh, yeah. So Steve Kastenbaum will join us today. Bob Costantini, James Roop, and it's all Pope. Every 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 single person today is just talking about the Pope's visit, about which. I don't really believe. Here's the thing. I think there are 57,000 people in this country who care about it, and they're all going to be there at Yankee Stadium watching the Pope talk. And I think that's it. But beyond that, CNN seems convinced that we care a lot about the Pope, so we'll dutifully play along. Uh, it is a high concept Thursday, so we'll do that later on today. Uh, another top five. Today's top five follows up yesterday. So yesterday we had the top five guitar pop songs of all time. Uh, but it's sort of an amorphous concept, because for yesterday's purposes, we decided that guitar pop required a certain lightness or deafness of touch in terms of the sound of the guitar, and it's all a bunch of wanky music crap that nobody really cares about. Uh, but today we will be uh, doing the flip side of that. We'll do the top five uh, heavy guitar pop songs of all time, sort of the post, the post Nevermind era, the post Weezer era. And we are holding ourselves to one Weezer song for the list. Uh, which is not unlike how you have to hold yourself to one Beach Boys song whenever it's a car list. So coming up today, top five heavy guitar pop songs uh, of all time. Clergy Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, Geek Watch, more about Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11, which is happening Thursday, uh, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. I encourage you now to go to... Well, you can do it by going to 970.am, or you can just directly link. You go to rickemerson.com and look for the link, because it's sort of... It's several pages into the site. But you go to rickemerson.com, go to the blog entry uh, about listener artwork, and it will take you to the gallery, which we have now posted at 970.am. Of, I think as of now, I, I think it's all of the artwork submissions that we've received. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm not going to tell you which way that I, I'm leaning or anybody else is leaning, but there's a couple there that are really, really cool. So you go to rickemerson.com. Uh, the first thing you'll see is a truly horrific YouTube video 
uh, sent to me by uh, Seamus and any number of people today. Sort of the sort of the Microsoft variation on the Starbucks uh, anthem that we played last year. But if you look right below that, there is a link that will take you to 970.am, where it's a gallery of all the listener-submitted artwork uh, for the listener party. And there's some stuff that is really pretty incredible. There's this one that's a, it's uh, like a letter-perfect knockoff of the Ocean Eleven's po- uh, Ocean's Eleven poster, except instead of eleven, it's like an eleven made out of bacon. And then below that, there's uh, well, you'll see for yourself. So you get a chance go to RickEmerson.com, uh, look at the gallery of artwork for Listener Party Eleven. We're going to try to pick uh, the winning artwork, hopefully by the end of this week. A uh, couple other things, but before that, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Remember those, uh, <laughs> remember those people who got the wrong black lab back from the kennel? Yes. Well, now they have the right one. Okay. Uh, Hillary admits, yes, Obama can win during a debate which 10 million people watch. And yes, her factory worker grandfather from Scranton liked guns and was religious. An Oregon cowgirl is eliminated from American Idol. U.S. Air will begin charging customers for window seats. We'll check in with the polygamy kids. An Oklahoma sheriff ran a sex slave operation out of jail. The Pope blames the unsavory activities of priests on the breakdown of American society. Thank you, Pope. It's not their fault. No, of course not. No, keep hiring pedophiles, but as, as long as there's no pornography on the Internet, everything will be fine. Did you watch the debate last night? I did. The, and I didn't. It was actually the first one that I haven't watched. I completely well, forgot about it. The final half hour. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was uneventful. You just tune in for the uh, for the two-minute warning in the end. Was it interesting at all? Was there anything good? No, not really. But we'll play some sound bites from it anyway. Because <laughs> it's what we... We will mindlessly regurgitate uh, crap from the mainstream media today, as we always do. Uh, George Stephanopoulos was... Who was the other guy? Was George Stephanopoulos and somebody else? I didn't see the other guy. We have no idea. So I didn't watch it. You watched half an hour. None of us really know who the moderators were. Uh, all I know is that there were no fisticuffs. Nobody threw anything. So, all right. Well, we'll talk a bit about that. You know, people are already decided. It doesn't matter what all these polls say. People decided a long time ago. They're not going to change their minds. There you go, Tim. Let's just have the election today. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sarah Dillon joining us today, as she always does. Hi. I'm sorry. I've got something in my eye. I'm trying to speak. I was trying to hold a conversation with Tim while also trying to adjust my computer screen. Well, while you must also, write the situation because we can't start the show like that. Trying to figure out what this thing is that's in my eye. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, hello, is it Sarah. better? How are you today? Yes, I'm fine. Back at 100%. I'm doing well. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't even know there was a debate going on last night. You... <laughs> We're fantastic. So you didn't know about it. I knew about it, but didn't watch it. Tim watched half an hour of it, but <laughs> remembers nothing. <laughs> this is really what CBS pays us for. You know, they ought to just have us replace Katie Couric. Uh, all right. You look like you're headed to a Packers game today. Oh, it's uh, Timber's Scarf Day. Oh, okay. Cause you're yeah, all... it's, you have to wear your Timber Scarf to work. It's all the right. first Timber's game. It's Timber Jim's last game. It's going to be really awesome. Everyone nice. should go. It's a Thirsty Thursday, too, which means that beer is, <laughs> like... Affordable. Have you heard that promo that's running where you're uh, you're weighing things uh, in terms of how many vodka tonics you could purchase with the same amount of money? No. There's a great there's a promo running right now where you're talking about some show you wanted to go to and you're like, but it's fifteen dollars, and you're complaining about the the fifteen dollar ticket price of some show, and then he said, you know how many vodka tonics I could buy with that, which is fantastic. I didn't create that promo, Buzz did, but it really is uh, it's quite hilarious. That is how I weigh my money sometimes. All right. Yeah. I see you're wearing your new glasses again today. I am. I was trying not to, but my eyes kind of hurt, and no, no, so. No. 
Well, you were trying not to wear them at all? Well, I was trying not to wear them, like, in the studio because they're for, like, distances, but I find that my eyes hurt when I don't wear them. And, but they're kind of uncomfortable under my headphones. Yeah. Because they have, like, the thick plastic sides. Yeah, and you can't wear contacts, can you? No. No, I can never. The whole notion of just eyes. jabbing something into your no face? No way. Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah, no, I did. I wore contacts for a long time. Oh, you wear contacts for, like, listener parties, don't you? Uh, or you sometimes. Just go blind? Sometimes. I used, to, I used to be really self conscious about the. Not to be make us once again, within within record time make this again about me, but I used to be really self conscious of wearing glasses. And so if you looked at um, any of my old publicity photos or uh, website photos, if you look at the first I think like seven listener parties, I would lose my glasses. I don't think I wore them for yeah, bigger than Jesus either. There's a weird thing about that because I had to wear them because I got them when I was five years old. Uh, it's not like it traumatized me or anything, but getting glasses when you're five years old isn't like a walk in the park because of course the because kids who are like five and six and seven and nine, you don't really have a razor sharp wit at that point. And so things like, hey, uh, four eyes, you know, and that's just, and everybody latches onto it. And you're, when you're, when you're like seven, you're not really able to kind of go, well, I, okay. And you can't really brush it off. And so I got really self conscious about my glasses. So when I hit high school, I switched to contacts. But as I got older, Especially with uh, working strange hours in radio and contacts kind of make me tired if I have them in for a long time. Mm. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but if I put my contact lenses in, I kind of get fatigued. Anyway, long story short, I, I switched a few years ago to wearing my glasses all the time, except if I was going to be seen by anybody. And then I would freak out and I would put my contacts well, in again. You have good glasses now. See, now this is, and you helped me pick these out, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I finally feel all right about it. So, and, and you know what? I'm 35. So f you if you don't like my glasses. That's I, that's. It's taken me 35 years or 30 years, I guess. But I finally just you know somebody with my glasses they can they can suck one because I just I just don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so yeah, I wear my glasses now, but I have worn contacts. Good story. Thanks. That was like a five-second answer I could have given you. Well, I stopped wearing glasses because they were making me fall downstairs. <laughs> That's a good reason to stop. Now you have to explain. Well, because bifocals, if you're wearing bifocals, if you're not looking out of the right place when you're walking downstairs or something, you think you have more room to walk than you really do. <laughs> I tumbled down too many stairways too many times. It's warping the time-space yeah, continuum. Yeah, that would make you not want to wear them. Yeah. So then I, I tried on these new bifocal contacts, which worked much better than regular glasses. And I wear them. And, 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 and I tell you how they... I haven't fallen down the stairs since I started wearing these. And the doctor tried to tell me that they'd... he tried to do that whole uh, progressive lenses thing on me. He said, well, in a few years, you might want to think about some progressive lenses. And I guess you say progressive uh, instead of bifocal, the way you say progressive instead of liberal now. Yeah. And I said, what are progressive lenses? And he tried to sort of snow me. He's, oh, well... Oh, uh, the line in the middle. Yeah, that's the thing. is It's one contiguous... Continuous? Contiguous? Contiguous, I believe. What does contiguous mean, anybody? I don't know. I've it's never kind of like that continuous, word. but better. It's like a super <laughs> but continuous. With a G. <laughs> it's a snazzy, extreme kind of con continuity. Uh, but yeah, it's the kind where there's no line. It's just one solid lens. Mm -hmm. So I have to do it now. But um, my mom used to complain about that. Actually, my mom had to, and then she had trifocals uh, at one point. I don't even know how that works. I don't even know how you could look out of your eyeglasses if you had trifocals. Three focals. separate ways. Yes, yeah, sir, and not just be walking into things constantly. So now, do you wear, are you wearing contacts now? Yes. You're so, wearing your spirally ones, right? Didn't yeah, they're, they're, they're bifocal contacts. Ah, oh, man, we live in a really bizarre world. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm kind of like half cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely human. Can I Can I begin? <laughs> can we market you that way in the radio station? Or not entirely really half human. man, half machine, half all man, news genius. Man. Yes. <laughs> He's one-third newsman. So I stopped falling downstairs, and I feel a lot better. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no. The more you know. So anyway, sir. <laughs>
So I had a fun night last night. I went, I went roller skating for the first time since fifth grade. Were you wear, please tell me you went roller skating while still kind of adjusting to the fact that you're wearing glasses. No, I took off the glasses when I was roller skating. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I'm like, you know what? I just, you know, paid 60 bucks to get lenses. Oh, you didn't want to, like, smash into a totally. wall. Totally. I didn't want to, like, fall on my face and break them. I don't know where I'd find another pair. With whom did you go roller skating? With a person. A person of indeterminate gender? Not that way. But I mean, a person that you're not identifying. <laughs> I went with I went with, I went with the, the pregnancy bend guy. I went with the with the, with the guy. With a boy. With a boy. With a man. Oh, is this the same guy you were talking about uh, last week? Is this the guy with whom you have had a many some evenings? Yes, we've hung out a few times. What are we calling him? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Can I say what he does for a living? Yes. Can I say that you're dating him? We're casually dating. Can I say that you're dating a farmer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Insert joke here. So, I haven't met him, though. So, uh, but I think, did I see him at bowling? Was he there one night at the bowling thing? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think, I, I know who that is. So, yeah. uh, so you went, so this is roller skating or ice skating? Roller skating. Where, I don't even know where there is we the skate. We went to now. Oaks Park. Oh, yeah. It down was by, really neat. Selwood. It was totally scary. I haven't been on roller skates since fifth grade. I was completely freaked out. I could I could hardly stand yeah. for like the first 10 minutes and then all of a sudden something just clicks and I got it back and we just ended up skating around for a couple hours. It was really fun. You know, I haven't been, I'm trying to remember the last time I went roller skating and I think it must have been God, it, I mean it's been over it's been over I think my wife and I did it sort of zanily one time uh when we went back to to Kennewick at some point. But I don't know why. I think we'd just been there for more than a day, and we'd exhausted everything else there was to do. Well, let's go roller skating. It'll be kooky. And it's and it, it, some guys are just not meant to skate on anything, and I'm I'm one of them. So because I can't I can't go more than thirty seconds without falling over, slamming into mm. something. I I couldn't figure out how to use the stopper, so I would just run into walls whenever I needed to stop. That see that That's I do the only that thing too. that works. Okay, see, I thought I was the only one that did. No, that. I would just go like. Plowing for the wall. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. What are you gonna use for? The, what are you gonna use to stop? Uh, just that big thing over there. Because and what I remember from my childhood about those toe stopper things is that I fell on my face more than once because you stop and then it just immediately stops you from rolling and <clears> you <throat> go bam. Bam. Yeah. Totally. And then the inertia just takes. And aren't you simultaneously envious of and sad for people who are really good at roller skating? When you see somebody who can roller skate really well, like they have their own skates. Oh, totally. It's kind of like seeing someone who has their own bowling ball and shoes, and you kind of go, hey, you're great, and kind of lame. Uh, like you, I want my own bowling ball. I'm just saying, it, it's it's one of those things that like has no real applicability in, in actual life, but then you wonder how many years they had to skate to become that good and was, what they could have been doing in that time. There were some very strange... It was very inter- entertaining to people watch, too. There were, some, there were a lot of like hardcore people. There were people doing interpretive like skate dancing in the middle of Oaks Park. Um, it's no call for that. But it's it's huge and it was such a it's a really neat old skating rink. I'd recommend going to check it out. I remember uh, skating when I was a kid at this place in Kennewick called the Skate King. Oh, I had and, a roller barn. Yeah. And we had the Skate King and we had Skate West. And Skate West was we somehow just u- unanimously all decided that Skate West was for like hillbillies, but that Skate King was where the cool kids went. So we all went to Skate King, which had like a polyurethane floor, sort of like a rubbery gym floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, and the other one was a hardwood floor, and we thought that the hardwood floor was for hicks. Like that was yesterday's skating rink. Today is the way. No, no, no. Today's kids skate on polyurethane. But what they don't really tell you is, if you're skating along at top speed, and then as you said, you use the toe stopper thing, bam, into the ground on that polyurethane. That just takes uh, your your epidermis completely off. Oh. I mean, it's like some horrific rubbery Indian burn that <laughs> right down to the bone. So that's no good. And don't even get me started on ice skating, which I have only done once in my life. 
I'm not the biggest fan of ice skating. Because it's I, I insane. Ice, roller skating was really fun. You just keep going faster. I, I loved going around in a circle. I know was that it sounds the, uh, silly, but... Was it the boys suggesting that you ice, uh, that you roller skate or were you, well, were we you go yours? Out, we go out and do lots of different things. He's he's fun. Have, you been, out... have you been to his farm yet? No, I haven't seen the farm. <laughs> Are you... Are you planning to see the farm sometime soon? Oh, maybe I'll see the farm someday. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Should we just call him? I'm just picturing Ava Gabor singing the theme song from Green Acres. <laughs> I get allergic smelling hair. <laughs> I adore a penthouse view. Did you ever? Did you ever think that you would be dating a farmer? We're not. We're casually dating. Casually dating a farmer? No. <laughs> casually dating a farmer, and I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying when you... Sarah Dillon, sorry. Yeah, casually dating a farmer makes it sound like you're a James Garner and Murphy's Romance or something. Where some t- What is it James Garner says to Sally Field? I have a little lady. Sometimes she makes me dinner and breakfast. Uh, well, in any event. All right. Um, so that's that. So there you go. I don't even know what the hell we were supposed to be doing here. Let's talk more about glasses. Oh, uh, real quickly here. So um, if you pick up today's uh, Oregonian, the living section, uh, right next to the always gripping Margie Boulay column, you, there's a huge piece on these guys who made the Indiana, the jo- uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation. I'm going Saturday. Uh, as, as am I. Now, You're I, going Saturday? I yes. thought it was Friday and Saturday, but they claim here it's Thursday and Saturday, which makes no sense. That doesn't make any sense. No, They're it doesn't. Wrong. I think that the Oregonian might be wrong about this. I hate to correct Mike Russell. They have 2,000 people working there and they can't get the facts straight it says um yeah but you know what but 1500 of those people are just responsible for firing the other 500 no they're responsible for wrapping the newspapers <laughs> the um it says seven o'clock tonight and then 3 30 and 7 30 saturday but i think that's wrong i think it's tomorrow and Let's saturday i'm looking it up what's it what's the title of it uh it is just raiders of the lost ark the adaptation which is going to be playing at the hollywood theater uh, Why don't we just look up the Hollywood Theater? Hollywood. Uh, so we're going to be talking to two of the guys tomorrow. Two of the guys who made this Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation, about which you can read more in the Oregonian today, are going to be in the studio with us. April uh, 18th and 19th. Tomorrow. So. Yes, it's Friday and Saturday. So ignore whatever the Oregonian. I, I think I'm going to go on Friday. I think I might go Friday night, and then uh, depending on how it is, I might go again Saturday. Maybe we so. should coordinate. I don't Maybe. come into town on Fridays. You don't. You don't rub shoulders with the dirt on Fridays. <laughs> uh. So well, I, I still have supplies left, so I don't have to come into town. <laughs> um, so we'll have those guys in the studio with us tomorrow. Monday, we'll be talking to Roger Klein from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Uh, Tuesday, Charlie Murphy. And then uh, next Friday, uh, we confirm with his people uh, last night, Jonathan Colton uh, of Code Monkey fame will be uh, in the studio with Ooh, us next Friday. He is going to perform a couple songs. Oh, she, so rad. The publisher was so great. She's like, what songs would you <laughs> like Jonathan to perform? And I said, Code Monkey uh, and whatever else. Uh, and so he's going to do that song and a couple others probably next Friday. I heard people celebrate his entire catalog. They do. He's got a huge following on the Internet. He really does. All right. Um, well, there you go. I don't have uh, I have some other crap to get to here. Uh, let me just read these two brief emails, and then we'll take a break. We've got phone calls coming. I haven't even given the phone numbers today. Thursdays are always my most uncoordinated day. I don't even know what our phone numbers are. I tried to call this place once, but it was disconnected. I know. I don't even know what the warm line is. election night. <laughs> I'm trying to report news. Hello? <laughs> they changed the number on me. You never told me. That's the, only, that's the last time I tried to call this thing. Do you, do you realize today I didn't do the blah, blah, blah after the hour, year of our Lord. You did it? Plushly appointed phone number, well, email. Well, do it now. You've got to do it. I haven't even identified the show people are listening to. <laughs> we talked about glasses and that I went roller skating. What's about this it? is the single... Uh, re- I, I, I've, I've gone 25 minutes without even saying the name of the program. Theoretically, there are people who may, have, have no idea what they're listening to. Whose program is this? 
Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 25 minutes and 6 seconds after the hour of what 11. Day it's day 12. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, if you're just joining us, Tim wears bifocal contact lenses. I skin my knees a lot, and Sarah's dating a farmer. Uh, here we go. A uh, couple emails, then uh, some phone calls, then we'll break. Subject line, not a stalker. It's from a woman. Rick, I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> you were in the car with me eating raw bacon straight out of the package. <laughs> of course you were. It was really disgusting, but you were nevertheless really hot. I have never seen you in person, so I hope I'm not disappointed at the listener party. Signed, not a stalker, Ellen. All right. You should have her identify herself by bringing you a pallet of bacon. I like the way you think. Uh, how about this one? This one says, Google. Hey, Rick, wanted to let you know that if you Google image search your name, Rick Emerson, the picture of you is third to appear after Tim and Sarah. Ha ha. All right. And finally, uh, Rick, I've been watching television lately. What happened? That's an interesting uh, email. I've been watching television, but only lately. Rick, I've been watching television lately and wondering what the hell happened to the guy in the Mattress World spots. It's only the wife. Is that true, Tim? I have no idea. Sarah? Maybe, maybe somebody else is sleeping somebody? with a baby. <laughs> there's that, you know, there's the uh, mattress world. It's not too late to sleep like a baby. I thought it was just a creepy kid that goes, shh, and then, like, the creepy baby on the bed. No, but there's the there's the couple, though. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, oh, you're right. John and Sherry. Couple. John and Sherry, and then the kids. Right. There are high divorce rates these days. I'm not saying anything, though. I'm not, I'm not implying anything, anything. He claims that it's now only the woman. Maybe he doesn't want to be on TV anymore. Maybe she's available. Maybe she's available to be Rick Emerson's Maybe special they friend. Maybe separate agents now. <laughs> Maybe Rick Emerson steps up one place in line, huh? Um, Would you like to sleep like a baby? <laughs> All right. Uh, I bet she has a really comfortable mattress. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I apologize for the last half hour. How can I help you today? Yeah, hi. I was just wondering when Sarah went roller skating at Oak Park at St. Christopher's. Ten years ago when I was six months pregnant, we went roller skating there. And they lined us all up as we went in and frisked us. And they frisked me as a six-month pregnant woman. And they, I told them that it was all me. Who frisks anybody at a skating <laughs> no, rink? No, I didn't get frisked at all. I haven't been since because it was ten years. I grew up roller skating there to the old organ and all that. That was so neat, the organ hanging <laughs> from the center. Oh, wow. I've never been there. I have never in my life been to Oaks Park. Best Florida roller skate on ever. Is that true? All right. Well, it's an oak floor. Well, I'm always so I'm always looking for things to do. <laughs> well, I haven't been in ten years. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Sorry Let's about go. the first thing. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Okay, Rick. Um, yeah. When you get to a co on um, Jonathan Colton, you gotta play um, this song called "Re Re Your Brain." Free your brain. Re your Re brains. Oh, that's Re the zombies. That's the zombie song. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a great it's a really really funny song. It's a I'm sorry your your phone's kind of freaking out on this. It's a great okay. song, but it's written as an inter office memo from one employee to another, oh, like and the guy songs. yeah, and the guy writing the memo has become a zombie, and so it's like it's like a, an office worker, an office mate who has become a zombie, and he's written an email to you, uh, a memo to you called "Re Your Brains." It's really funny. We might play it later on today, actually. Okay, and and the other thing is the uh -huh. intro, the intro. To, to the movie Fido. Yeah, the zombie I film. love that movie. Yeah. Oh, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, uh, I'll play us into the break here. It's 503-733-2970.
This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, by the way. I still don't think I said it last time. It's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations. You can email us if you like, Tim at 970.am, Sarah at 970.am, uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com, or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right, here's what's coming up. Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Bob Costantini, Jim Roop, top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time, High Concept Thursday, more of your phone calls, uh, more about Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11. Back after this, I'll go ahead and play this into the... Uh... It's funny! In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial panel in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps space today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win today, the, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day were declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, just one moment. Bob Costantini will join us. Steve Kastenbaum coming up here in a short while. James Roop, uh, top five. It is High Concept Thursday. Uh, Geek Watch coming up later on the day. Religious Nutcase Watch and so forth. Uh, and uh, I'll try to actually remember the, uh, you know, the name of the show every now and again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Listen, um, I totally also want to know what happened to the Mattress World guy. I do. I am totally. I've been seeing these commercials, and she is, if you notice, blonder and thinner. I think there's been a divorce. I think there has. <laughs> wow. You know, she went on the divorce site, and I realized that, you know, in the scheme of life, I should probably be this concerned about global warming and Iraq and all that kind of stuff, but I want to know what happened to the Mattress World guy. Okay, but can I just tell you this? The fact that really you are more concerned about the marital status of the Mattress World couple than things that are actually affecting our lives. You're a sponsor of our show. No, it's, I'm just saying uh, that makes you really uh, the perfect listener to this radio program. Thank you very much. I take that as quite a compliment. All and by right. the way, you are a stud, and you can eat raw bacon with me anytime. Okay, duly, duly noted. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. There oh my go. gosh. So the mattress Rick, world. Rick, look at you. Pulling all the Easy. pulling all the bacon loving ladies. <laughs> so the mattress world woman is apparently thinner and blonder as well. That ain't good. <laughs> well, I guess it does. I mean, no, it's good for her, good but for I mean, her. I'm saying I don't think that fares well for the situation. Good for her and, and for uh, for men in general, let's say. I'm gonna do some investigative. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Correspondent, Bob Constantini. Why, hello, how are you? No no raw bacon for me. All right, well, there goes the, gift, the Christmas gift I was going to give you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, how's life, Bob? How are things? Uh, we're doing fine. We had the uh, radio television correspondence dinner last night, as well as, of course, the Pope... Uh, being in town now. When you said uh, when you say we're doing fine, for whom were you answering just there? 
No, just uh, CNN radio in general, I guess. I just not. I didn't know if you were speaking for perhaps all the little Constantinis. Or... No, no. <laughs> all right. So there's this. So the CNN or what? What was the correspondence dinner? Um, it's the um, radio television uh, correspondents uh, who work uh, on Capitol Hill, as well as, of course, there are always people who work uh, cover the White House and other beats. Uh, get to go to this, and CNN had a, quite a number of tables. Just saying, I'm, I'm sure that my invitation was just lost in the mail somehow. That's Mo okay. Rocca was the entertainment. Really? Uh, Mo Rocca? I forgot that guy even existed. And there was a, a, a cameo appearance uh, by Mitt Romney, Okay, which Excellent. actually was uh, quite funny. To... Is, is Mitt Romney one of those guys where now that he's no longer for any, uh, running for anything, he seems strangely human? Well, he's got he's got extra time on his hands. <laughs> so I mean, it's the same thing with uh, I mean I know Bob Dole was that way, yeah. and I think um, and who else who else is it that leaps? There was somebody just the other day uh, that I was I was talking to somebody about where the, the instant he dropped out of the race, suddenly he was suddenly he seemed really relatable and normal. So all right, he had top ten reasons of why he got out of the race, and he said that the campaign slogan of "As Utah goes, so goes the nation" just didn't work out. That was one of the yeah. top ten reasons. All right, well, okay. well, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's better for everybody that we were spared the Romney presidency. Um, all right, well, in any event, so I know that the, the, thank uh, the, the heavenly Lord above, you're not talking about the Pope today, because really, I think we're poked out. We're all we're all poked up over here. We're just uh, we're up to our eyebrows with the Pope. But I know that but there is there is some there's other news of some kind happening. Yeah. And here's the thing: the, the printer didn't really work today. So I was printing out the CNN prep sheet, and it was printing about half the page. All right. So it says, here's what I've got. Um, we'll also be meeting Bush's successor. Each of three candidates locked up, nomination, yeah. McCain. That's all I've got. So please tell me what the rest of this says. Um, yes, it's the uh, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown ah. is here in Washington um, and uh, has met with the three presidential candidates. And, of course, that's always a courtesy kind of thing uh, when, you know, two allies are so close um, as the U.S. and Britain are. And um, he's, he's, in a sense, looking past the Bush presidency. Um, he uh, he was uh, Tony. He is Tony Blair's successor, of course. And Tony Blair, uh, having gone along with the Iraq War significantly, uh, was very close to Mr. Bush. It is uh, generally felt that Prime Minister Gordon Brown of the United Kingdom and George W. Bush of the United States uh, don't get along just as well, if you will. <laughs> and uh, as uh, Great Britain, in particular, is trying to. Uh, this maybe because Brown, Iraq. Do you suppose this might be because Brown insists on thinking for himself and making his own decisions as opposed to Tony Blair? <laughs> well, the, Tony Blair, who seemed happy to serve as some sort of presidential appendix. Yeah, um, it's the uh, they're going to be holding a news conference uh, shortly uh, at the White House. Uh, these two men, um, but yeah, it, it may very well be the last major meeting of the two of them uh, before the election. And uh, again, uh, Brown. Decided to meet with Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John McCain today. Uh, this will be okay. Here's here's I, I got a great idea. Two things. One serious. One uh, not so serious. Here's the not so serious one. Uh, the media needs to get a photo of of uh, of, uh, of Brown and Bush uh, sitting next to each other talking. But one of those classic photos where the other guy is saying something, where Brown is talking and George Bush is just staring off blankly into space, like he's thinking about like what he's going to have on a sandwich later. They need to do that only so that they can then have the following caption underneath the photograph. Brown versus the board. Oh. Brown versus the board. All right. A little history joke there, Bob. 
I can tell a courtesy about it. You should be right. the entertainment at the correspondence dinner. I don't need Forever. your mockery. You do, you do a great job. I'm <laughs> I sure. don't need your sarcasm, Bob Constantini. <laughs> uh, secondly, it is sort of, on a serious note, it is sort of interesting to think that the Bush is getting into that uh, that period where now he's going to be doing whatever, blank, for the last time, right? That he, uh, yes. He's going to be checking things off. That he, He's going to be meeting with certain heads of state for the last time. Or he's going to be giving, yeah. he's already given the final State of the Union address. So it's, uh, it's kind of, he's, you know, it's... Uh, it's kind of interesting to think that historically, whatever one thinks about him, a pretty interesting chapter in American history is beginning to wind down. Oh, that's for sure. Um, obviously, uh, we don't know how the Bush presidency would have played itself out uh, without September 11, 2001, um, and the invasion of Afghanistan and then the invasion of Iraq. Um, you know, the economy uh, would probably be going through some of these cycles, and uh, that could be problematic for uh, President Bush, even if uh, the war had never existed, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it's, it's wonderful to speculate these kinds of things, but it is uh, it had, certainly has been an interesting time in this country. All right, my friend, are you on tomorrow? Uh, no. Bob, you're going to throw my whole week asunder. We're, so <laughs> we're solo in Washington tomorrow. Bob, my emotional equilibrium is now going to be shattered. Try your best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy I your, want a day off. Enjoy your weekend, Bob. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Okay, so there are entire blogs dedicated to whether or not the Mattress World Couple is still together. I think it's John and Sherry, the Mattress World Couple. And by the way, I'm just going to say for the record, uh, that, uh, of course... Uh, you know, we are we are not uh, we're not saying uh, what happened. We don't know what happened. We're simply ruminating. We're simply pondering, wondering. Here, the look, as the little boy would say, shh. Here's the, <laughs> the I'm just these are the facts as we know them. Uh, that uh, there was a period of time, well, a long period of time, when it was the family or when it was uh, the couple, John and Sherry. Uh, but to, but to, everybody sort of seems to agree now that if you see any of those ads now, it's just her. Uh, and we, I'm still trying to get over that great call from Angie, who just prefaced it by saying, I ought to care about the war or the environment or stuff. But instead, she's obsessed over why, A, the Mattress World woman is now alone on the spot, and B, the Mattress World woman is both thinner and blonder looking. I will also say, I've always found the Mattress World chick, uh, Sherry, uh, to be hot. So Well, she is, in fact, single. Now, do you uh, from now this from and, where are you reading this? Um, an OJIN search, whatever that is, Oregon... Something. I don't know. This is, this is well. This is what they're saying. So you're right. This isn't fact, but it says uh, reveals that there's an uncontested dissolution in Clackamas County mid-February. A dissolution? Is that a divorce? Dissolution of marriage? I don't know. I, I think is that like so. an annulment? What's a dissolution, Tim? I'm not familiar with the social mores of Clackamas County. And she's and she's listed listed as the sole owner of the company. Yeah. Wait. So she's got money too. She sure Thinner, does. Thinner, blonder, and with money. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. Rower. Hey. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, another observation here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what this lady can afford, but it really looks like she's had some major changes recently. Well, I, of course, am not saying that's the case, nor would, nor would we know that that is the case. We don't purport to have any such knowledge, but we, but Angie did say, uh, that she, uh, does look, uh, you know, thinner and blonder these days. And that thing, and that only happens in a very short period of time. How? Uh, through diet and exercise. Yes, right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. She'll be roller skating with a farmer before you know it. Clean living. Oh, by the way, we found out that Sarah's quasi-boyfriend, we're going to refer to him as Farmer Ted. He's not a quasi-boy. He's just a guy, a boy, just that I'm, I'm casually dating. He's an agriculturalist. Farmer Ted is his name. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
Hey, is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. Hey, hey, I've got a Mattress World guy sighting. No, wait, this not, is a sighting. Not... All right, excellent. Thank you for weighing in, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Tommy, Tyler on the Rick Tommy Emerson Lee's show. Tommy Lee's going to be in the building in a few minutes. Hey, Rick. The Tommy <gasps> no! Lee? That's why Court and Fat Boy are here. I thought... Stop. I need to put on some minutes. All right, everybody calm down. Okay. Take the banner down off the window so he can see you. Okay, oh. everyone... Hold on, sir. I'm going to put you back on hold. I've got to chart myself yeah, up. I need to go all mattress world. Everyone... <laughs> <laughs> you become thinner and blonder now. <laughs> now. Now, I knew the Court and Fat Boy were doing an interview with Tommy Lee, but I thought it was a phoner. Interesting. So Tommy Lee... The Tommy Lee... I don't. That's, gonna be, that's the rumor that I. Tommy heard. Lee of Methods of Mayhem. Oh, we should have had, had Stormman. Well, I didn't know he was. Buddies, yeah. I didn't know he was going to be here. Maybe he's no not going to be here. That's the rumor I heard. Well, I know that they're doing an interview with him, but again, I thought it was going to be a phone. I saw Maybe a thing. Just a phone. I saw a thing on the prod room door that said reserved Court and Fat Boy 11:30 Tommy Lee or 11:45 Tommy Lee. Uh, it's 11:48. 11:48. Well, it is possible that he's going to be here. Maybe that's the tour bus broke down. That'd be pretty cool. Excellent. All right. Well, there you go. Well, we, you know, I will say this. It's just we, a rumor. In this, well, that's probably true. Uh, I will say this, that in this, um, in this building, we get like one rock star sighting, well, like a really good rock star sighting, about every seven months. I would say that too, like six or seven months. Yeah. The last one was Ozzy. About every six or seven months. Yeah, that, I was going to say Ozzy. Uh, it seems like there was somebody before that too, but I can't think of who it was. There's the dude from Kiss. Oh, Tommy Thayer. That's right. We had Tommy Thayer who was in here. You know, do you remember your Tommy Thayer? You, how old do you think that guy is? Mm. Do you want me to be like nice age or how old do I think he really is? How old is? do you think he really is? I'd say like 42. See, I never would. He's 47. I never huh. would have guessed that. Almost 50. Um, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. This is Steve Kastenbaum. Jesus, I'm sorry. I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, so much going on today. The Mattress <laughs> World lady is hotter and younger and blonder and thinner. And uh, Tommy Lee might be here. Hi. Hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, hello. I'm sorry. I thought I, I thought I picked up the caller first. Hello, Steve Kastenbaum. Steve's a little crazy today. I'm sorry, Steve. It's been one of those days. I never could get the hang of Thursdays. That's okay. It's been one of those months for me, so here's we're what, okay. And here's what just happened. Um, before we picked you up, I had picked up a caller, and then as I was getting ready to speak with the caller, our news uh, director, Tim Riley, said, hey, I think there's going to be a rock star in the building here in a few seconds. And... I said, excuse me, caller, I'm going to put you back on hold for a second. And I put him back on hold, and then Sarah played your theme music, and even hearing your theme music, I somehow in my brain, that circuit didn't quite close, and I thought that it was still the caller. And yes, Sarah is in fact tarting herself up right now. What shade of makeup is that? Is that Broadway Rose? This is um, Animal Instinct. Wow, really? Are you it's kidding not, me? It's neutral. Look at this. There's, you can barely tell. Come animal on. Instinct doesn't sound it's neutral like to me at all. <laughs> I'm just going to turn off my mic. You know, 80% of the time, Sarah, Animal Instinct works every time. <laughs> right. I'm going to throw this at you. Uh-huh. Animal Instinct, is it, is it like a really deep red? No, actually it is It is fairly subdued for something called Animal oh. Instinct, but okay. Move forward. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, She's really turning off her mic, isn't she? <laughs> what, what shade of eyeshadow is that? What's that one called? Is that one no. is that one called up against a wall? <laughs> called Chopper. <laughs> All right, hello Steve Kastenbaum. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? I am a dandy, brother. Um, so, as I was just explaining to Bob Costantini, uh, we're all kind of poked up over here. We've uh, we've uh, I think we've we've done all we can really do with the Pope material, but I feel obligated to talk about it. So, <laughs> really, 
I do. I do only because here's why. Here's the only reason I'm talking about the Pope. I'm a fallen Catholic. We're all fallen Catholics on this program, more or less. Uh, you know, I sort of wrung the comedy value out of it, I think, yesterday, except that I heard Tom Likas' show yesterday. He did a whole hour on the officially licensed licensed, licensed merchandise that the Catholic Church is selling. This is not stuff that, like, guys on the street are hawking. This is right. stuff that the Catholic Church themselves are actually selling, and it literally is stuff like Pope coffee mugs, Pope, like I Heart Benedict the Sixteenth bumper stickers. Oh yeah, well I went to uh, like teddy a... bears with the Pope's picture on it. I mean stuff that the church themselves are selling. Yeah, well I went to a Catholic uh, book and gift shop in the Bronx, and they were selling all that stuff. And uh, it's pretty funny because they, yeah, you see things like mugs and find out that they're official. But uh, he drew the line at, at some of the the store owner I talked to drew the line at some of the unofficial stuff. Uh, for instance, the Pope bobblehead. He felt that was going too far, that it was making fun of the Pope. So he's not carrying the Pope bobblehead, but he and his partner uh, made up uh, some stuff or bought some stuff that they, they came up with together themselves called Pope Puri. Really? Popery, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Popery. So of course the bobblehead is too much, but the like the Pope teddy bear is uh, that's absolutely fine. I did also note uh, that you can buy Pope gift certificates now, so you can just so if you're not quite sure what Pope what tacky Pope Chachka uh, mm -hmm. your loved ones might want, you can actually just buy them a fifty dollar gift certificate. Don't forget the uh, the keychains; those are big ones. Yeah, those so, are big. I, so I've lost track of this. So was the mass today, or has it even happened? When did it? <laughs> The the mass in Wash, uh, the Washington Nationals uh, baseball stadium in D.C. took place today. Uh, tomorrow he'll arrive here in the morning uh, in New York under very heavy security. I have never seen preparations like this for anybody before. I've covered uh, the president. I've covered the uh, Republican convention when it was here in New York. I've covered the General Assembly at the United Nations. Never before has the press had to go through so many uh, hoops to, uh, and, uh, and, and obstacle courses in order to uh, to cover just one event on one day. You can't even go from one event to another. They, they, they've made it so tight security-wise that uh, you have to show up like hours in advance. It's impossible if you actually want to follow the Pope around from one event. You have to staff it basically with a, with a, a team at every different event during the day if you want to cover him from noon uh, morning till night. And, and, you know, the interesting thing, let me ask you this. Taking the pulse of the average New Yorker, as I know you do often, is the average New Yorker, A, indifferent, B, excited, or C, irritated at the trouble this is causing? Well, it, uh, honestly, it depends on, on who you're talking to. If if, uh, if you are Catholic, you're excited here. And we have a very large Catholic uh, population in New York. Uh, most recently, the, the influx of, uh, of Hispanic uh, immigrants over the last 10 years from other areas outside of Puerto Rico, from places like Central and South America, the Dominican Republic, has really swelled the numbers uh, of Catholics in New York City. And then uh, we've got the, the historical Catholics in New York, the, the Irish and the Italian uh, communities that have been here forever. So... It, there is a lot of excitement amongst those communities uh, about, about the Pope's arrival. Uh, then there are those who, who aren't observant, who are either atheist or, or not of the Catholic faith, and they seem to be sort of indifferent. Uh, uh, some of the Jewish community are actually really excited about this because he's going to be meeting with a Holocaust survivor who is a rabbi at a prominent uh, synagogue here in New York, and this is the first time this Pope has ever set foot in a synagogue in the United States. So... Uh, a really big deal for them. Uh, it talks to the Pope's intention to to better interfaith relations. And then there's a ton of a ton, a ton of New Yorkers who are just indifferent and, and just don't want it to mess up their traffic. Excellent. See, those are my people right there. That's yeah. Those are that's that's the faith I belong to. The don't screw with my commute. You, you know, I've always felt that if if you want to win over New Yorkers and get them on your side, 
the best way to do that is not to protest in a way that blocks traffic. Exactly. Protest in a park. Go yeah. stand in the middle of the grass somewhere and you hold know, a sign. You know, I once attended, a, you know, they have these ridiculous cabaret license laws here that date back to the days of Prohibition, and they have some uh, racist roots, believe it or not. They were aimed at uh, stopping uh, African Americans from owning uh, businesses, successful businesses up in Harlem, right, during Prohibition, right? But as a result, you cannot dance in a bar if a good song comes on in a jukebox if that bar does not have a cabaret license. It's, it's actually a violation of the law. Really? So I, so I went to a demonstration because, uh, as you know, I told you many, many, many months ago that I swing dance. I'm into Lindy hopping, right? So uh, I've been to a couple of these demonstrations uh, where they want to get the cabaret uh, license laws overturned once and for all. So uh, they, the way they held their protest was they went dancing in the streets. And I kept saying, this is not a good way to win over New Yorkers. That sort of seems good on paper. That's less less good in execution, I think. Yeah, you're really not going to win over people behind their cars if you do that. As we wrap this up, I'm just going to tell you that somebody has emailed Jenny, said uh, a friend of mine came back from Rome where they sell a can opener with a Pope on it called the Popener. Oh, really? The Popener. That's classic. So there you go. Hey, you want to see uh, really quick a picture of my wife? More than anything, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, uh, that's just a weird statement. Where That sounds like a sort of thing that a guy at a bar says to you kind of out of nowhere. Where, where would I see this? Sir? Well, this this pertains to uh, that friend who I said was running for office uh, in Oregon. I actually, while I was waiting on hold, I was like, let me go find his website so I can actually tell them what he's running for. Okay. <laughs> his name is uh, Jules Copel Bailey, and his uh, website is JulesForOregon.com. Uh, Jules, J-U-L-E-S? J-U-L-E-S for Oregon.com. Did you say Oregon just now? Yeah, I said that on purpose. All right, is that or- the numeral four? Uh, Oregon, yeah. Jules, uh, F-O-R. Oh. For four. Oregon.com. All right. And there's these three little pictures up there. And uh, my wife was in a grad school program with him. And she's in the upper right-hand corner picture there as they're taking a walk through uh, beautiful Portland. Hey, oh, I see her. She's I see like, yeah. the one in the far right, Rick. Yeah, the one in the far right. Oh, there we go. Excellent. That's a great photo. Yeah, it's a small little, small little picture, but she that's looks, her. She looks very attractive. I mean, I thank you. The picture, the picture's like half an inch high, so I'm like leaning way into the screen. <laughs> hey, did you know that we have a guy running for the Senate who's a midget with a hook? Are you serious? I would like for you know, and he's super rad too. Real, uh, he really is. I would like for you to go when you get a second. Go to votehook.com. <laughs> votehook.com. Votehook.com. Okay. Uh, it's a guy named Steve Novick, Democrat for U.S. Senate. I swear to you, midget missing his left hand, big, yeah, metal, big metal hook. Wow. Check out that logo on the left side about halfway down. See, American... <laughs> That's awesome. His TV spot's on my website. Oh, yeah, his website is fantastic. The website has him talking to, like, a prospective voter at a bar. And uh-huh. the, bar, the, the guy at the bar, the common man, can't get his beer open. So Novick, like, brings up the hook and, like, like opens the beer for him. <laughs> I see it. Beer with Steve. There you I, go. Oh, man, that's great. I can't wait to watch this. That's Hours why I, of fun. That's why I love this country, sir. That's classic. All right, my friend. We will. T- are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I Oh, man, it's going to be a busy day tomorrow. The Pope's addressing the United Nations. Then he's got the meeting with the rabbi later in the day. It's going to be a very busy day here in New York. Tomorrow. All right, so uh, hopefully we will uh, speak with you. And uh, until then, have a satisfying day, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Thank you. All right, fantastic. Any Tommy Lee sighting? Uh, I can't see. Still not yet. We've got to take down that poster for right now. And then stare at him. I don't want to stare. I just want to be able to glance at the side of his beautiful face. I want to be able to press my breast against the glass. I'm sorry. If if there's only 20 feet between me and Tommy Lee, I want to see the side of his face. No, no, no. So do you. Okay.
Rick Emerson, Rick, Rick Emerson agrees. Rick Emerson wholeheartedly agrees with this. Maybe we should take that down. I haven't protested at all. Uh, well, you should have Richie come do it because if I do it, see, because the thing that the, the problem with taking the banner, everybody really cares about this. Everybody cares about our problems in that we can't quite see Tommy Lee. I, I think they're all done. I see Fat Boy rolling up his headphones. See, I think it may have been a phoner. That's I the think deal. It was a phoner. Yeah, I don't think Tommy it Lee was may actually have been just here. Just a wild rumor. Why not all gussied up for nothing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean for I didn't mean for you to have to go slathering on makeup for no reason. Hello, Richie. Hi, Richie. I never mind. Need, never mind. <laughs> Take a break. Back after this. Pavlov, thy name is Bristol. Uh, we'll return after this with Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, coming up later on, Jim Roop, top five heavy guitar pop songs. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, High Concept Thursday and more on the Mattress World, ladies. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. Have my mic off there first. Yeah, you did. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. 503-733-2970. Still to come, Jim Roop. Uh, top five, Icon Set Thursday. Tomorrow, Aaron Geek in the City Duran, as well as a couple of the guys who did this uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark shot-for-shot shot adaptation, which is going to be playing at the Hollywood Theater. This, however, is your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. Now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man is shot to death in an apartment complex. Body found at 822 last night, 14700 East Burnside. They had a shots fired call. Police arrived, find the body of a man in his mid-20s on the third floor. He appeared to have been shot at least one time. Homicide detectives called to the scene to conduct an investigation. They have not identified the victim and have no suspect information. The investigation continues. So this is where? Where did it happen? East Burnside. East Burnside. One four seven zero zero. In what looks to be a, a fairly nice apartment complex, <laughs> except for the blood and the corpses. Yes. A man is lucky to be alive after only scoring some minor injuries when a propane tank stored in the back of his vehicle exploded. The man had a propane tank in the back of his uh, SUV um, when he was taking it to get it refilled. It apparently had a slow leak. He went back into the house for a while, then came out and started his car. Then he saw a bright blue flash. He leapt from the vehicle just as the explosion blew out the windows. The uh, tank continued uh, venting huge fire bursts from the back of the car. The, the uh, fire crews found the car fully burning. It took more than an hour to put that fire out. The man is lucky to be alive. I guess that was bad, wasn't it? Hmm. Remember the boy with the uh, butter knife in his head? Yes. Well, he'll be fine. But prosecutors will still charge the boy who threw the butter knife into the boy's head. Uh, Tyler Hemmett and his friend were playing in the Fruit Valley Park in the Cove on Sunday, digging in the dirt with butter knives when another boy allegedly threw a knife at him while the friend ducked. But the knife stuck in the other boy's head just under his scalp. Didn't puncture the skull, though. Doctors skillfully removed the butter knife and praised the boy for leaving the knife in place. Tyler Hemmett 
is apparently doing fine and has been on the uh, Today Show to show the x-rays of the butter knife he has in his head. He was injured, but he's butter now. It is the highlight of his life. Jesus. Well, that's unpleasant. (laughs) You'll be able to put this in your photo album. It'll it'll be on the cover of his high school yearbook. (laughs) When he dies, this will be the memorial photo. Get on a huge easel just to picture him with a knife in his skull. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, I um, just wanted to give you a little cool thing about Steve Novick. Um, his uh, hook. Uh, I'm my name is Steve Black. I, I run a pirate performance group here in town, and we're doing a uh, a, a charity auction on May third for Neighborhood House. Please do explain what a pirate performance group is. We it's a pirate performance group. It's called Boom, the Brotherhood of Oceanic Mercenaries, and we do all kinds of piratical parties and special events and things like that. Richie has seen us at the Portland Pirate Festival. Okay, all right. So, so you rate. so if people need pirates, you're the one stop pirate shop. We are indeed. All right. We are indeed. Uh, boompirates.com. Anyway, uh, Steve Novick is one of the several... Uh, is he an honorary pirate? Well, he got in touch with his inner pirate, I will tell you this. Uh-huh. The uh, theme of the uh, charity auction for Neighborhood House is... Uh, it's kind of Peter Panish, but they're leaning more heavily on the pirates. So we dressed up all of these uh, politicians who are running for office as pirates, and they filmed segues for the charity auction. You suppose the other politicians feel sort of inadequate because they have both hands, because they don't have the bitch and hook to show people? Well, you can ask Sam Adams and show DeZono because they were there as well. All right. <laughs> it was fabulous, but he was the one who really got into it. Well, I'd I say mean, that he's he's had more time to sort of be up to speed with it. <laughs> what's, the, uh, uh, what's the website, sir? Uh, boompirates.com. Is that boom with a B, like as in bang, bravado? Yeah, as in Brotherhood of Oceanic Mercenaries. I'm sorry. I and should... we call it yeah. boom because we're a black powder group as well. We shoot cannons and fire muskets and pistols. And First we do. do all sorts of cutlass duels. It's a grand and glorious time. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rick. Okay, there you go. All right. I, I wonder guess... if he's dressed like a pirate right now. I would imagine he is. He with an eye patch? A guy who lives it. All right. You could... Now, no, see, there was a joke and then I had it. You could say this... pirate's life for him or something? No, no, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to say, you could... Steve Novick's campaign really has an unusual hook. <laughs> I need crickets on my effects. Ah, okay, here's Tim Riley. So anyway, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> we didn't know anything about <laughs> that, him until yesterday. That, that, so anyway, that's interesting. Yeah. That is the total... Uh, that is the total punt statement for I wasn't listening to anything that happened just now. I'm going to dutifully acknowledge it and then plunge on ahead to something that I find more compelling. I am. <laughs> okay. That missing black lab has been reunited with its owner. Actually, it was the wrong black lab. It was uh, Ken Griggs who brought the right dog home this time. More than two weeks after the Lenko Oswego man claimed a boarding kennel to return the wrong dog after spring break, he and his family were reunited with their black lab named Kelly. So uh, apparently yes, it returned home and they have the right dog after all. So what happened was apparently a whole bunch of black lads were playing together at this uh, boarding kennel and they got mixed up. Well, at least this one did. One I, of them. Did. I would really like to talk to that kennel, though, and ask them how, how that happened. I mean, how it happened. Because, see, now, of course, I, I mean, my dog's probably not likely to get mixed up mm-hmm. because he's kind of just, you know, he's the weird haircut. And he's, you know, I could, and he's, and he's got like the, as Sarah points out, he has a pig nose. Like, my dog has this nose that's just unfinished. It's like, it's like the dog god just ran out of paint. It's just, I'll leave his nose pink. Uh, but and, just in parts. Yeah, but just in parts. So, yeah, it's like black on the sides and then the front of it. Right just, around the nostrils, it, it's pink. It, it, that's it, so cute. Looks like you're going to be winning first prize at a, at a pork fair somewhere. Um, but, um, but I really would be curious to know how that doesn't happen all the time if the kennel, and apparently most kennels practice, is just to let the dogs run around with no markings of any kind on them. It's all very confusing. 
So I, I think you can decide whether or not you want your dog to run with other dogs. I or don't. play privately. It's a different fee because I boarded my dog at this place before. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So and now did you have your dog uh, out with the others? or No. Or does the dog take after his owner? Yes. The, the dog, dog stands out in a hermetically sealed cage, avoiding eye contact with other canines? Right. Correct. Uh, so that is an option. And, no. and you pay certain fees to have the dog play by itself or play with other dogs. So it is your choice. It, it, it is an option. Yeah. No, I uh, I choose not to have Max exposed to other. He he works poorly with uh, with other dogs. I guess Jen and Aaron got a uh, a dog. I think they they got a greyhound named Indy. Uh, so they named what? Named Indy. Oh boy. We named the dog Indiana. A greyhound? Do they have? I don't know greyhounds. I mean, I'm that sure it's a nice like it would dog. Be like, that's a running dog, right? I you would so you would think, but I don't really know. Don't greyhounds kind of look like aliens too? Yeah. I mean, they're cool and all, but they don't mm. look. They look like some weird sort of dog from the planet, like Zirknon or something. They just I they, mean, their legs look like chopsticks. <laughs> I mean, and, and they're and like you a, can see through them. You know, the sun, yeah. if there's enough sun, you can see through <laughs> their legs. That's so crazy. Look at my dog, he's transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just they look like some weird hybrid. Like like vampire pony dog or something. Anyway, so I guess the dog is really great. It's just it, but I would think that I mean they live in a condo too, so I don't know how that works out. But I guess Do they have like a, a backyard. I don't think so. I don't I don't believe so. Oh, that sounds like a lot of running. I just I don't know. Maybe they just have a huge wheel or something in the living room. So the dog, I guess. So I guess Max. I guess Lar took Max over there the other day, and apparently Max uh, he doesn't he doesn't get along with dogs larger than himself. But for just that reason though, whenever we board Max somewhere, I'm just like is not to be put with other dogs. Is to be kept in peaceful isolation like his master. Yes. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the European Union is preparing to let airline passengers use cell phones during flights. But Oregon Representative Peter DeFazio wants to ensure that Americans won't be subjected to one-sided chit-chat. Uh, he is a senior member of the House Transportation Committee. The Democrat introduced a bill yesterday that would prohibit the use of voice communication cell phones during flights, even if the airlines develop systems that meet safety standards. The legislature, however, would allow people to send text messages and email on the system that many airlines are developing for use while airborne. Uh, Fazio says with the very close quarters, if 100 or more people start talking on the cell phones, well, that could be a great potential for trouble. I, I agree with him. Wait, so, he, so they're going to allow it or not? They are going to allow it. Uh, the European Union is allowing their airlines to do it. Jesus. I just, I really, I, I'm, I'm so torn. I just don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't want to listen to people yak. <sighs> I don't, I mean, I like the idea of being able to use the cell phone, but, if, but see, but here's the thing. I am the, I'm the quintessential American. Maybe if like a, a cone of silence drops on their head while like they're in, speaking. Like and get smart. I, I could do that. <laughs> I, I am, I think I am the, the, I am the absolute archetypal American though, in that I want, me to be able to use a cell phone. I don't want anybody else to be able to do it. I want special rights and exclusions for me. Uh, I would like everybody else to be denied the opportunity, but I myself want to be able to do whatever I like. So uh, that's just the way it is in this country. Uh, what do we have here? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, this is Jennifer. Wow. Hi, you're you're perky, vibrant. Yes. Oh, well, I just was going to tell you, I just finished walking a dog, um, a greyhound. Just now, and they don't have a yard at all. So is it now? But I thought that they had to run and dart and jump and be no, happy. Actually, is, do you know? Is it a retired greyhound or did they get like a puppy? I yeah, I have nothing. I have no idea. It is a retired no, greyhound. No, no access. Yeah. Of those. The retired the retired greyhounds are not. I mean, you you cannot take one if they are going to be off leash ever. Retired so retired from a, what? Racing. Oh, really? Racing. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't know. I didn't even know that was a they thing. Have so is a that the deal? Obsolescence. Is that the deal? So they run for what, like a couple years, and then they're and then they're they're used up, and you gotta you stick them out the the pasture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're hmm. total couch potatoes. All right. Okay. Total so once potatoes. so once they're retired, they just sit around and become fat. 
No, they don't ever get fat. Well, you know what I'm saying. Figuratively yeah. speaking. They just, yeah. Just, so they're sort of like, uh, you know, they're, they're yeah, like... the bulimics of the dog kingdom. <laughs> yeah, they were, you know, it was really hard to get used to at first, the way they look. But now that I know it, it's awesome. They're so awesome. Oh, I'm sure it's a fine dog. I'm just saying they don't, in a way, they don't even look like dogs. They almost look like no. some other kind of hybrid creature. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. And they're really sweet. And, but, you know, you could take them someplace that's enclosed and let them run. And they run really, really fast. So, obviously, it has to be a large area. But you do not have to have a yard at all to have a greyhound. Hey, here's so. a dumb question. Here's something I've always wanted to ask. I was watching um, uh, the movie Nixon the other day, and there's this great sequence where Richard Nixon and Jay Hoover are at the dog track together, and there's greyhounds running around the track and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. I've always wanted to ask, because all of my knowledge of dog racing comes from uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons, do dogs actually chase a mechanical rabbit at those tracks? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Is that yeah. true, really? Yes. Yeah. So they so yeah. they're in like a little pen, and there's a mechanical rabbit around, and they just mm -hmm. they just boy, you know, and the rabbits have names usually. Is that, is yeah. that in the track that I used to go to in New, New England? The rabbit was named Yankee. <laughs> of course it was. Chase well, the Yankee. They, All right. They're called sighthounds. They see like um like we I can walk this one, and if she sees a squirrel, I've got to make sure I have really good control over that leash because she'll just dart after it really fast. All right. So, excellent. Maybe we should yeah. let greyhounds loosen and, our ceiling. You know. <laughs> The thing with the the in the kennels too, I was uh -huh. gonna mention they usually put like a paper. It's not a light paper, but it's kind of a. Um, it's like a beer garden wristband. Yes. All right. Exactly. That's Excellent. exactly what they put around them, and All they're right. usually pink and blue. So. Thank, thank you. Uh huh. All right, there you go. Fantastic. Oh yeah. By the way, Tim's little reference there is that we uh, they caught yet another squirrel in the ceiling here at CBS yesterday, uh, which I think is like the fourth or fifth time. And the weird thing is, I'm not even sure anybody really knows where the squirrels are coming from. I mean, they're outside, but I don't think anybody knows that they're getting into the building. So every now and again, you'll just see the exterminator walking. It's kind of morbid. Walking down the hall with, like, like a big, like, tackle box full of, I don't know, pointy things and guns or something. Squirrel? Yeah, and then, like, in the other hand, it's like the big squirrel cage. So I don't really know what they... I think they the let it free is... in the park or something. Yeah, that's what they said. And the, and the squirrel looked fine yesterday. His email is antforce1, so he deals with other pests, too. Yeah. It's... Uh, Pete's pest control. Did you know? I hope I can say this on the air. Sure. Did you know that I think the last? Hold on. Let me let me ask Biggs in about this. Are you gonna talk about the squirrel collector? Yes. Yes, I am. The squirrel I girl. Think you can. It's like there's a crazy cat lady. There's a, there's a there's a squirrel girl. Squirrel girl. Hello, CBS Radio Portland. Hello. Hi, Dave Zinn. How are you? Hello, Rick. Hi. How's life? How, how's your day? Life's good. Excellent. So Tommy Lee's not coming in today. Tommy Lee is doing a phone interview with Cord and Fat Boy. And uh, so he will not be in the building today, despite our, despite Sarah's gussying and my hopes. He will not uh, He will not be gracing us with his presence. That's not why I've called you, though. Um, so about this squirrel they caught on the ceiling yesterday. Yes. So they caught the squirrel. Guy got rid of it. Or did the guy get rid of it? Or did it go? Can we talk about the person who's taken the squirrels home? home? Um, you know what? Uh, he went to a better place. Really? Yes. It was, uh, it was alive when it was in the cage. Are we the last people to have seen the squirrel alive? Uh, you know what? He uh, he is going to be alive. Okay, but he where... told us that he takes them to where he can run free in the woods. <laughs> to a special, you know, your <laughs> special farm. <laughs> they're, they're, turned, they're, they're turned over to my cuckabee. He's <laughs> really in the popcorn popper. He's with squirrels with just family. like him. No, he's a, no, no, no. It's a no, no, no. It's a great farm off in the woods where there's lots of other dogs. But seriously, Dave, then what did he do with the squirrel? <laughs> Well, um, you know, he took him to a nice place. Uh, the squirrel is still alive, still has vital signs, and um, 
Do you want to know specifically? Yes. Uh, Hal Butte. Okay, but so he took him and released him into the wild or something. Yeah, but I don't know if he's supposed to do that. And he's... I think well, I, don't, I think it's like a no-kill exterminator. I think that was like his thing. Yeah, he's, right. he's um, got a soft heart. Because he had the cage. Otherwise, you would just have a big, like, mousetrap cutting thing or whatever whatever it is they have. So, now, can we mention, though, where the last couple squirrels that they caught at this building went to? Um, they were adopted by one of the former employees here. Oh, is she former? Former? Uh, well, in this building. Oh, she now works somewhere else. She moved to Warmer. a sister station. This is becoming way too complex, but there's there's a... So there's can a, we talk about it or not? Can, yeah, can we can we talk about it? Uh, yeah, of course. So there was this woman named Annie uh, who works for CBS, used to work in this building, but I guess recently now moved to somewhere else in CBS. But she has taken home the last how many squirrels that we caught here? Four. <gasps> and do they all... Four? I they, thought it was one. They all live in her... Does she have an apartment or a house? She lives in a house with her family. I'm sure they love her. Um, the So it's Annie, her family, four squirrels. Does she own anything else? Um, you mean pet-wise? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. You want me to transfer you to her? Not really. Um, okay. That would be awkward. Speculation spinner. I'm just, I'm just wondering if she also owned, let's say, dogs, cats. I think there's some cats around her house also. Wow. That's Okay, we got to get cameras in that place. All right, thank you. Four squirrels. I thought squirrels had rabies and they'd uh, steal your breath while you slept and stuff. I'm not Only sure. Taunted. All right. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Bye, buddy. There you go. There's uh, Dave Zinn, the, that guy. the gatekeeper. Bye, buddy. So Annie, uh, she's taking him four squirrels. Oh, and Richie told me that he know he's heard now that they, they sleep. It, this is this can't possibly be true. I think it's an urban legend. I should say, by the way, Annie, I think I, I've heard what you're about to say as well. We should say that Annie doesn't seem crazy. She's, she doesn't. She, she seems, seems totally normal. And she's together. Uh, she she's was like a, a pretty nice girl. They, she got promoted into a different position that has taken her out of this building and down the street. Um, but Richie says that not only did, did she take four of the squirrels home, but they sleep in the bed next to her head. This sounds like a Shel Silverstein poem. All right. Well, there you go. We'll find out but more about that. That's a heartwarming children's story. I, it's, it, I mean, the, they're, they're so dirty, though. Doesn't that just... Maybe she bathes the squirrel before she puts it in the bed. I mean, they're rodents, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they just like... Like wild rodents aren't, covered in fur. Aren't they just yeah. rats with big tails? Yes. Uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. I suppose that they treated, you know, in a kindly fashion... I guess I would. Pet. I just wouldn't think they could be trained. I wouldn't think you could domesticate squirrels. I don't know. I, I mean, I've had dogs that have been impossible to train too. <laughs> I guess it's it really no worse than children. Mm -hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, I just wanted to make um, an observation about cell phones on airplanes. Yes. And the girl who called about the uh, greyhounds, I'm sure she's nice. She seems very smart. Wait, hold that. on. This is this is so great. All the, all the, I don't mean to interrupt you, but how great is that, that as a species we are so highly evolved that even before you get to sections <laughs> of a sentence, just based on the preceding words, you can tell what's about to happen. This, yeah. is, this is what we just heard. I'm sure she's a really nice person, but <laughs> but what? Um. Well, I think that her voice is the reason that we really need to not have cell phone use in an enclosed area like an airplane. I can't handle listening to the one-sided conversation <laughs> of her voice, but she sounds fabulous. I was told to hang out with her, but... She has a, wow. she has a voice that carries. Uh, that yeah. uh, The last caller had a voice that carried. You know who else is like that? God lover, uh, good friend of ours, a great colleague, Kristen Bowie. Kristen yeah. Bowie uh, substitutes for Sarah Dillon when Sarah's out of town. As Sarah was gone last Friday. Kristen Bowie's here. Again, Kristen Bowie, very good at her job, great person, sounds good on the air, voice that goes through concrete. Uh, and so at one point, 
we started last Friday's show, and I was doing the introductions. I said, hey, I'm Rick Emerson. Here's Tim Riley. Hey, it's Kristen Bowie. Hey, Kristen, uh, how are you? And she op- and it was it really was... It, it, it was just like a you know like cartoon like your hair blowing. Back. Yeah, I mean I don't want to say it's a bad voice. It's not just very loud. Her her voice really carries. So that okay. last caller was a little bit like that. So yeah. all right, thank, all right you. thank you. Bye now. Can I just all tell right. you? I just got an email from an anonymous person mm-hmm. saying how many cats Annie had. How many cats does Annie have? Wait, hold Why on. You, you should take a guess. Hold on. Is this now? Is this a reputable source? Yes. This is somebody who knows. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they were talking about Annie, uh, who used to work in this building, uh, still works for CBS, she's not here, who has taken home the last four squirrels that we caught, also lives with her family, also has many cats. How many cats does Annie have? We should say, by the way, that Annie is, I don't know her age, I would guess mid-20s. I guess like my age, like I, maybe younger. I would say, yeah, I would say mid-20s, perhaps. I, uh, Yeah, but I would bit. Uh, She's not, she's not 50. Um, how many cats does Annie have? This also sounds like a children. How many cats does Annie have? <laughs> Annie um, added four squirrels to her menagerie. She had three cats. Uh, how many cats does Annie now have? Seven. 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 Tim? D- uh, five? How many cats does Annie have? Annie has nine cats. Get out. Really? Nine, Nine cats. cats, four squirrels, and a family. <laughs> a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We should get her on the phone at some point and We ask really her. need to. We should, we should have Dave transfer. How that's sort of working out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick. Right now. Yo. Can I answer ah. a question first? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We're all here, sir. You're on the air speaking to us. We're all here in the room. Okay, perfect. Um, about last year, you built a Colt Mobile for the race down Mount Tabor? Yeah, yeah, for the Portland Adult Soapbox Derby. Yeah, and um, so I wondered uh, how that ever, the results of that. Did you win, lose, crash? No, we didn't crash. We're actually, um, we're just getting ready to get started building our uh, soapbox derby car for this year. But um, no, we made it to the finals for the first round of the finals. But we're an art car, so we don't go really fast. But we looked. But you know, it, it was style and really as pretty. as with all things in Sarah's life, and I mean this in the best way. It really was about it was uh, form over function, sir. Yeah, well, I figured with the Pulp in town, it was appropriate to bring that up. No, uh, you can. Yeah, the, see, next, the uh, next derby is going to be at um, August 16th. And there are many photos and YouTube videos, I believe. Oh yes, yes. So if you, you do Portland Adults at Bucks Derby 2007. Or go to Sarah's MySpace page, sir, and you can see a lot of photographs from it. Excellent. And then uh, my comment on the uh, dog tracks and yeah. greyhound racing. My grandfather used to uh, bet on them, and he always said he would bet on the dogs instead of the horses because there wasn't a jockey on the back. So and the, they uh, they call the rabbit Fifi. Fifi. All right, thank you. Somebody says here, thank you, sir. This guy says, hey, at the Multnomah Greyhound track, the dogs used to chase a rabbit, but due to animal cruelty activists, they changed it. They now chase a bone. I don't know if that's true or not. That sounds a little bit like an urban legend, but I don't know. This guy says the Multnomah... bone. Yeah, it's like a, a... How big is the bone? What is the bone from? I don't know. If it's, uh, I wonder if it's one of those big cartoony bones that's shaped like, like a... stuffed a... animal bone? Yeah, you know, where it's, uh, where it's shaped like a thing. Like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a dumbbell kind of bone. All right. I suppose. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I believe the rabbit out in Troutdale used to be called Rusty, and I think they used that on the Simpsons, but that's not what I'm calling. Uh, cats? will supposedly steal your breath. Squirrels, steal your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a break on that. That's gold. Inject. All right. Best audience ever, really. Fantastic. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 
I'm embarrassed for myself that I didn't come up with that. Damn me. Damn me to hell. All right. Uh, coming up later on, James Roop will join us. Top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. Uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger from Miles Around. More from Tim Riley around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. When I was dark and the sky was blue. Down the highway, I swagged through. It all falls back in sunlight and scream. You know what's funny is I totally knew what you meant by that. I mean, I didn't really know what it means, but I know what you meant when you said it was full of Cosmo people. Totally. It's like, uh, look at us. We're drinking before six. We're so naughty. We're edgy. <laughs> All right. Hey, Tim, did you see this thing about KVI having their contest rigged? Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, this is just a, a little shop talk here. This is from uh, Seattle Times. A Seattle radio station owned by Fisher Communications. Said a former employee rigged a promotional contest to help steal thousands of dollars in radio prize money. Officials at KVI, owned by Fisher Communications, who used to own uh, our program and own uh, K2 still, called police money to report the former employee had fixed a contest so her friends could win cash prizes. Uh, the former employee, whose name was not released, worked in Fisher's promo department. Always the home of the finest employees. Mm -hmm. While the station was running a contest for listeners to win $1,000. During the contest, KVI announced the names of registered listeners who could then call in with a certain amount of time to win the money. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the former employee fixed the contest so the names of her friends were called on the air. Because that's exactly where you want to uh, do something scurrilous. Do it on a, a radio station that is being broadcast to the entire city of Seattle. Because no one will ever hear that and put that all together. Especially if it's multiple friends of yours. Um, anyway, she would tell them when to listen so they would know, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, she would take a cut of the, uh, take a cut of the money. So there you go. Here's, uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Would you pay 65 bucks to see Cheryl Crow? Even yeah. if they no. threw in, uh, James Blunt? Well, wait, hold on. Even if you throw, <laughs> are you trying to upsell me? Look, what if I give you James Blunt? Weren't you just saying that you liked James Blunt the other day, right? John Mayer! What about John? Do you like John? Uh, Rob Thomas is gonna be there! Um, I don't know, is that brought to you by Kink? It doesn't say what it's brought to you by, but they're playing in Troutdale. Oh, no. August 29th. No, uh, and I didn't say that I like James Blunt as such, but it, when we were talking about that, uh, what Timmy Ryan sounds like when he sings, and Tim was noting that he sounds like James Blunt of, you're beautiful, fame. And I said that I know... Wait, what fame? You're beautiful. Or, you know, that's him, right? The, uh, yeah. uh, that I That I know I'm supposed to hate that song, and I just don't. I mean, it's not like I go home and listen to it. Yeah, that's, you know what? I think everyone kind of likes yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't own it. I, would, I don't seek it out on the on the uh, the interweb or whatever. But, uh, but you know, that song was playing. I don't know if I mentioned this, but when I got when I was at this sort of the pseudo dentist, uh, having my face uh, I don't know leached or whatever, that song was playing. And in the back of my over head, over and over, we get on a loop. <laughs> and so you got your teeth <laughs> as he's snapping my teeth off at the gum line. Your whole mouth full of pain. <laughs> In the background, there was, you're beautiful. And I was thinking in the back of my head, well, it really hurts. Hey, this song is kind of good. Ah! Um, exactly. I mean, I can pretend to hate it, but it's a well-done song. <laughs> and here's the the thing is, here's how you know it's a well-done song. Because we all know it, even if we even if we just know it enough to hate it. Is this the Timmy Ryan version? <laughs> Don't make me spot my coffee, Tim. He has a little Cartman there, too. My life is brilliant. My love is pure. I saw an angel of Adam Shaw. Sarah knows all the words. I mean, every generation needs their bread, right? Every generation needs their baby, I'm a want you. This guy's such a man horse, too. Like, every time he's with a model, right? No, he's with this. You're beautiful. I mean, come on. 
The song served its intended purpose. He got laid a lot. Totally. He still does. Um, and you, know, he was you can the, just see him laying there singing it to somebody. Oh, yeah. And I think he was in the military, too. Yeah. I think that's the thing that makes it harder to dismiss him is just like being a big pussy. Because I think he served... What is he, British or Australian or something? British. He's British. But I think he served in the British Air Force. Uh, and then got out and he's like, nah, well, that was... That was fun being in the military. Now I'm going to write this song. And uh, so he was in the military, and he's famous, and he wrote this song. So, I mean... And he's kind of pretty. Yeah, I mean, he's a good-looking guy, so I... Be, uh, okay. So 65 bucks pre-sale to see him and Cheryl Crow. Who's the headliner? Cheryl Crow. Yeah. I guess he's the very special guest. It's kind of hard to headline with one song. I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, we can be, we can be done now. Uh, I mean, I like Cheryl Crow, but I... All right, here, let's do a little experiment. I mean, she's take, okay. Take that $65 figure and keep dropping it, and let's see when my brain decides that I'd pay it for Cheryl Crow. Let's leave James, James Blunt out of the equation. He's a non-issue to me. So just start dropping that in $5 increments, Tim. 55 For Cheryl Crow? Yes. No. 50 No. 45 No. 40 No. 35 No. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say you'd go for 25 Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'd pay 25 bucks for Cheryl Crow, not a dollar more. Then James Blunt will And that's that with service charge. That is with service charge and convenience fee. I am the, all told. $19. $19. I will pay $19 to see Cheryl. I should call up and tell them that. That'll be, okay, your credit card number, that'll be $65. No, I'll give you 19 I'll give you 19 and the service charge, and that's it. And here's the thing is, here's the, Cheryl Crow is an interesting artist in the sense that I certainly don't dislike her. She's never done anything to me. She she has a decent voice, I suppose. Uh, she has, uh, you know, she has a lot of songs I like. But I don't. Uh, but but again, I, it's just, I'm almost really. She's an, she's one of those artists that you like but don't really ever care to see. I you know my if you told me right if I'm if the great Gazoo appeared to me right now and said hello dum dum you will never see Cheryl Crow in your entire life you will live to be 88 years of age. But you're never, ever going to see Cheryl Crow live. I can tell you that now. I have seen the future. I know how your life unfolds. You will never see Cheryl Crow. I'm absolutely fine with that. I have no... I can go the rest of my life not ever see Cheryl Crow. Which is interesting for somebody who has a lot of songs that I quite like. Uh, but you just get the... Don't you get the feeling, too, with Cheryl Crow, that seeing her in concert would really just be like listening to the CD at home really loudly? Like while someone blew smoke in your face? Yeah, I just kind of want to go to see what outfit she was wearing. That's my whole thing, you know, and I just, you know, I can't, I can't really see a whole lot of reason to go see her live. Why am I talking about Cheryl Crow so much? All right. Seriously, you've spent like seven minutes talking about I'm done. Crow. Moving forward. Here's Tim Riley. So she's kind of like a singer on the D list. I guess. I mean, but you know, I don't dislike her. I don't... Uh, yeah, she kind of exists. She has songs that I like. Oh, look, and here's the thing. I can list off a bunch of... Here I am again talking about Cheryl Crow. Here's... <laughs> because, well, because... And I think that's a thing that we are sort of fascinated by on this show. Cheryl Crow? Not Cheryl Crow as such. But the concept of because it's easy to talk about things that are really great, and then it's easy to talk about things that are really terrible. But sometimes there's that sort of weird middle ground that is sometimes strangely compelling. The example I always give is when Donna and Mike had that whole discussion some years back. It's probably like five years ago now, where they were trying to come up with a woman who was a six. Don's like, well, you know. I remember that. And Don, he was like, you know, whoever, like uh, Jessica Alba's a ten or whatever he said. And he's like, you know, and then there's like, you know. Who some, did they pick for a six? I don't know. I don't think I ever got to was listen to it. like though. Hillary Swank or something? Maybe. That in my BB said they were like, well, so and so's a ten. They're like an ugly, ugly girl is a one. Like, who is a six? And that was a really interesting conversation. I don't think I ever heard them come up with anybody. Uh, 
They were trying to figure out a woman who, on the scale of 1 to 10, a woman who is a 6. And you know what? Musically speaking, Cheryl Crow is a 6. That's the thing. Just, you know, if there's nothing else on the radio, I suppose. I mean, if there's really... if if I if, She's the Kathy Griffin of singers. If I am driving uh, across the country, and that's the only CD in the car, and it's either that or static, and hearing the wind rustle through my car, I guess I'll listen to Cheryl Crow. Every time you, you turn the station to find the strongest one, it, there she is again singing. How many Cheryl Crow songs can we all name? Go. None. Soak up the sun. You can name a Cheryl Crow song. That's a lie. That is a lie, Tim Riley. You are bearing false witness against your neighbor in defiance of God's law. I'm just thinking ahead to other things. <laughs> you just spent another three minutes on <laughs> When you say thinking ahead to the things you mean today in the show or like <laughs> things you got to do when you go up, like buy a garden hose. No, I don't have to do that. I have people who take care of the garden. I have people. Do you? Um, I, do, I, I just want to, all I want to do is have some fun. All I want to do, let's, okay, and let's list how we feel about these songs. Good. You, I thought you didn't know any Cheryl Crow songs. News Hour, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I continue talking about Cheryl Crow. I don't care. Okay, this is the last thing we'll do, and then we'll move on. You you continued this now for four minutes longer. Okay, let's list all the Cheryl Crow songs we can think of, and it has to be a song that you sort of know. It can't just be like a title you okay, read Okay, I want to Soak Up the Sun. Soak Up the Sun. That's soak, a good song. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, what it's called. Uh, yeah, Soak Up the Sun is a good song. You know what? That's a great summertime pop song. It sure is. That right? is a great summertime pop song. All right, next. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, that's a good song. See? Beautiful song. Uh, okay, All I Want to Do, that's a great song, that too. That is a good song. Um, let's see. Uh, you that was a good video. You Don't Bring Me Anything But Down, that's a great song. I love oh, that, that song. Oh, that is a good song. <laughs> see? Boy, can we be blander? We should be doing a morning show right now. I love that, too. I love oh, that. Oh, me, too. Good times. <laughs> I love coffee. Mm. <laughs> do you like waffles, too? I love waffles. Coming up later on. We're Am gonna... I listening to the buzz? <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... We're going to play that new Stephen Jenkins solo song later on. Oh, it's real good. <laughs> How do you know you're PMSing? <laughs> I'm a crazy whore, Rick. <laughs> well, that's going to be inserted in it. Put it in the <laughs> uh, uh, Okay, wait, we're not done. Uh, let's oh, see. Are my, there more? My favorite mistake. Uh, that is a good song. You know what that's about? Eric Clapton. Uh, let's see. She made a mistake with Eric Clapton. I think the mistake, yes. Um, uh, let's see. So uh, I think that may be it. Oh, Steve, I kind of know that Steve McQueen song. Mm. Um, Didn't she do an awful duet or something? What oh, she a... did an. Uh, du- oh, uh, she did that song "Picture" with Kid Rock, which I like. Picture. Oh, that song was so pretty. We used to play the hell I, out of that song. I love that song too. <laughs> uh, I think that may be it. Stop naming show crow songs because I want to stop saying that I like them. No, no, no. I think I, I don't <laughs> think I can come up with anything else. She did. Oh, she did "Run, Baby, Run." Run, baby, run is also a great song. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Michelle Branch doing that horrible um, You're talking about with white... Adam Duritz. Oh, but you know, okay. Oh, you know, and I'm confusing Michelle Branch with, um, who is the, um, the, the the piano girl? I thought it was Michelle Branch. Is that Alicia Keys? Isn't it like three of them, though? There was like Alicia Keys and Michelle Branch and it was somebody else. She did that song, White Houses. Was Michelle Branch the one that got all knocked up? Aren't they all? Yeah. I always confuse Michelle Branch with Charlotte Church. Charlotte Church is the one with the big boobs from the UK, right? Yes, yes, she is, Sarah. Uh, we need to stop talking now and I'm let sorry. him do his news. Tim Riley returns with the news. Uh, tell me, how do you go about removing stubborn stains? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever notice that women oh. like to shop? Boy, do they uh, ever. I women. know I do. You know what I love? Shoes. Welcome Rip. back to Coffee Chat. <laughs> Just can't get enough. <laughs> and Cosmos. Uh, and men in power suits. <laughs> Oh, okay. What are your favorite knickknacks? <laughs> I'm done. 
Did you know America is about to be overrun by feral cats? No. The no, U.S. streets will soon be overrun with cats. And that's just where Annie lives. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why it is a safe bet now to learn to sleep with squirrels to keep them away. <laughs> really? Yes, the problem is growing in numbers, not just strays, I don't think squirrels, but free-roaming pet cats. I don't think squirrels will protect you from cats. I think they might. They the can squ- train them properly and begin now. <laughs> squirrels are our only hope now. If you have one on each side of your pillow. Are you really telling me that I need to begin training squirrels now to protect me from feral cats? And that's correct, yes. What is the, defini- what is the feral cat? It means he has a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. More than, there are more than no, that's 38 million households. That feral. estimated 88 million cats. That's one cat for every 3.5 Americans. What is a feral cat? Is that a cat that's Cats that are not fixed. They produce an average oh. of two litters of four to six cats a year. As a result, up to five million U.S. cats... Oh, this is a bad... Well, I won't go into this because people love cats. Oh, is this euthanizing? Uh, yes, I'm afraid well, so. Well, really, what's one cat, more or less? So, I think I speak for all of us here. And they all look about the same. <laughs> I mean, really, that's true. They all look the same to me, Tim. Now, take a squirrel, for instance. That's a real house pet. Yeah. All right. Um, I can't... But I, uh, and that is an interesting question, actually. We were just talking about the... Can you do... Let me ask you this. When someone... Eh, never mind. Because it's just going to turn. Because we really are. Turn you talking about Cheryl Crow? No, we are going to become the. We are going to become the buzz talking about dogs, dogs versus cats. But I was going to say, I know that we just talked about how black labs can kind of be, you know, mistaken for one another. Uh, you know, yeah, as do squirrels. Or I guess some kinds of. I was just going to say, I guess there's some kinds of. I wonder names for the squirrels. I don't know. This is Filbert McTwitch. Um, the. Uh, but I was going to say that all cats really do look alike to me. But we'll go. No, no, no. This is Genesius. And this is Augustine. And you're like, they're the same. I, but you know what? As I said, I was going to say, I realized as I was going to point out that every single cat looks alike. And so really, there's, there only really needs to be one for the entire world to have. That uh, I read an article the other day about how apparently pygmy hedgehogs are becoming all the rage with some certain, you know, with, with some kind of pet owner. And that's the hedgehog that I had. And I had a couple different pe- uh, pygmy hedgehogs. And they all looked exactly the same. There really is only one. So, all right. Okay. Well, let's talk about American Idol. Okay. The top 12 has now been cut in half. Last night, another hopeful was eliminated. The bottom two consisted of two women, Christy Lee Cook and Brooke Wright. Ryan Seacrest let the ladies know who was going home. After the nationwide vote, the person staying with us is Brooke. Christy Lee Cook leaves us tonight on American Idol. Yes, the Oregon cowgirl was sent home. She is a self-proclaimed cowgirl from Silma, Oregon. She has mixed feelings about going home. I feel good that I get to go home and and hang out with uh, friends and family, but then I feel bad because I didn't want to leave American Idol yet. But, you know, it all happened for a reason. Yep. Uh, The Spring Fair in Puyallup is open for business. Uh, it's Oh, it's free. The Garden Show is free anyway, as well as the Northwest Junior Livestock Show and the Swifty Swine Races. The pig races really capture everyone's attention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Ranging from a variety of free activities, <laughs> including the Garden Show featuring well-known experts, the Northwest Junior Livestock Show, the fun Swifty Swine Pig Races, that pig races really capture everyone's attention. Of course they do. What is the name of that cut, please? Uh, that is C Springfair 2.wave. Okay. I'm saving that one. 
the pig races really capture everybody's attention. No voice uh, of man could. All right. Uh, let's see, Rick. If you'd only pay nineteen dollars for Cheryl Crow, what's Alanis Morissette? Five dollars and some cigarettes. You know, I'm still around. I would pay. I would pay forty-five dollars for Alanis Morissette. Really? No, maybe thirty-five. Really? Where? At what venue? Uh, would you pay forty-five dollars to see her at the Rose Garden? No. At the Roseland? Yes. Okay. I paid, I paid thirty-five dollars. Thirty. I was gonna say that I paid fifty bucks to see her, but it really wasn't. It was for her and the bare naked ladies. But um, what if she has some like new hippie trippy album out and she just plays all of that and then just plays jagged little pillows and encore? Uh, you know, that's what it was. And I saw her. Uh, she uh, she came out and it was a whole lot of like thank you, India. You know, all that of that crap. Uh, but then at the end, but to her credit, she shoved it all at the end. And then she did all the songs you really paid to see uh, toward the end. Uh, but and you know the thing is, I think she was technically. I'm trying to remember who opened for who. I think the Bare Naked Ladies opened for her, which in retrospect seems really wrong because they did like a much, much better show. I'm not like the world's biggest Bare Naked Ladies fan. They're a little too kooky for me, but boy, they put on a really, really great show. Um, at one part, at one point in the Bare Naked Ladies show, they're singing some song, and they're they're singing some song, and confetti begins coming out of the ceiling. And shopping carts come out on stage, and they do this weird synchronized dance thing with, like, shopping carts. It was all very strange. It was all very Canadian. Mm. I mean, it was really great. They put on a good show. So that they were Canadian. They were, they, were, they were much better than she was. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, right. A couple observations. First of all, the dog track, the rabbit's name was Rusty, and they did go to a bone because there were a bunch of nut jobs saying that it was animal cruelty. Okay. What was the uh, bone's name? The bone they actually called it rusty as well. Really? Somebody told yeah. me that the bone uh, squeaks or squeaked. Um, I, I don't know. It, that was because it was rusty. <laughs> All right, and just, All no, right. no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I wish I knew more for you. I just don't. All right. Um, second thing, Google yourself uh, Helen Mirren in the '70s. She was in a movie with James Mason where he was a photographer, and she's naked throughout the movie. And good lord, that woman's a good-looking woman. James and, Mason. Uh, All right. And then. Uh, Third of all. All right, thank you. Why must we go back 30 years to see somebody naked? I don't really know. Aren't there good-looking people now, sir? Really, you're telling me to Google here, Helen Mirren naked? By the, here, okay, so here we have it, Sarah. I'm ashamed now. Here, wait, listen to the, all the songs we left off. So I'm going to read some of them. All I want to do, Strong Enough to Be My Man. <gasps> oh, God, that's such a good song. I cannot believe I just reacted like that. <laughs> wow, I'm a big retard. Uh, crack, can't cry anymore. Oh, I don't really like that song. Uh, run, baby, run. If it makes you happy, I hate that song. I don't like I don't that know song how I feel at all. About that song. You know, she looks like a crack whore in that video. In, if, if it makes She's you happy, really she is bone thin, and especially in the video for "If It Makes You Happy." Every day is a winding road. Um, I don't like that song. Let's see. Home tomorrow never dies. This is a British list. Some of these are different. Uh, my favorite mistake. Oh, you get it from Mark the Brit. Yeah, there goes the neighborhood. I forgot about that. She did that Sweet Child of Mine cover. I forgot about that, too, from the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. And the first cut is the deepest. That's a good song. All right. Well, there you go. So I <laughs> See, but did you see what I mean, though? Are you the top five for Kim Rissing? I'm just saying, you see how, like, you're like, well, how many are there to name? And then she's one of those people you look and you realize she's done, like, 15 different songs that we all know. All right. Here's... So she's not worth $65, even with the James. But, you know, that's the thing is I still wouldn't pay more than $25, <laughs> even after all that. Because I don't... What if he just got to the gate and bought one of her CDs? <laughs> what Without if, going in, would that make you happy? What if I just sat on a hill nearby and listened to it drift over the... Uh, the, the thing about it is, I'm looking at that list of songs, and those songs are all... You know what those songs are? They're all immediate background music. You hear them and you go, that's a good song. I'd like to like hear them in the, in the back. Priscilla Chevrolet. Totally. I, I'd like to hear that in the background while I'm sweeping. Uh, that, that's not a song that you're like, I'm going to put that on rock. 
uh, Cheryl Crow songs are immediately, uh, they fall into that category. Things are going to play at a supermarket while you're buying some Progresso soup. All right, here's Tim Riley. Time for a clergy watch. Here's your clergy watch for uh, Thursday on KCMD Portland. begin with some uh, local stories. A Portland pastor has pled guilty to sexually abusing members of his own church and now faces 18 years in prison. Sergio Alvarez admitted to five charges, including attempted rape. He's been charged with 15 sex crimes. Eight women... Is this the Catholic Church? It doesn't say. Eight women accused him of unwanted advances three years ago when he was pastor of Casa del Padre in northeast Portland. Pastor? I barely knew her. Maybe it's opposite day, Tim. Oh, that could be. It might not be the Catholic Church Casa in that regard. Casa de Padre? Casa de Padre. Is yeah. that the name of the church? Yeah. You sure that wasn't the name of his love getaway? No. Would you like to come to Casa de Padre this evening? We will have vino. It's groping. So from our own Catholic Archdiocese, uh, documents just released by the Portland Archdiocese add little to the facts of the sex scandal. So people are waiting for all this to find out the nitty-gritty. And here are the facts released. One priest flunked a class on dogma in seminary school. Another retired early because of... Cri- crippling back pain, and another priest was notorious for not paying his bills on time. These were the internal documents released by the Archdiocese, revealing thousands of details of 14 priests. Uh, And none of these details have anything to do with sexual abuse. No, of course not. No, 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 but he was often tardy to seminary. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's all you're getting from them. Casa de Padre. Casa de Padre. So let's talk about the Pope. Uh, Pope Benedict chided Americans for a moral breakdown, which he said had fueled the church's child sex abuse scandal. Uh, this before he had this open-air mass today. He opened in Washington's new sports stadium before dawn, and 48,000 people were expected. In a speech delivered after an evening prayer, the pontiff berated the bishops for poor handling of a scandal surrounding sex abuse of children. He urged to address the sin of abuse within the wider context of sexual mores, as well as a reassessment of values underpinning society. I like how he, he, he chides them for the handling of the buggering, not for the actual buggering itself. Yeah, because it's not for the before. actual child raping, just for the way that they handled it. Yes. Uh, what does it mean to speak of child protection when pornography and violence can be viewed in so many homes through media widely available today, the Pontiff of Ass. Oh, so he's, he's blaming that. He says now the church is on a path to deal honestly with this tragic situation. No words of man oh, damn could it. describe the pain and harm inflicted by such abuse. It is important that those who have suffered be given loving pastoral attention. Yes, it's time to protect children. Great efforts have already been made to deal honestly and fairly with this tragic situation and to ensure that children whom our Lord loves so deeply and who are our greatest treasure can grow up in a safe environment. I'm better late than never. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, St. Joseph Seminary in Yonkers is making uh, final preparations for the Pope to visit. Uh, the people who run this uh, seminary hope that the Holy Father will uh, inspire young men to listen to God's call to the priesthood and consider wearing one of those collars. We're definitely hoping that the, the focus on St. Joseph Seminary, on the youth uh, experience, 
will lead a lot of young men who have been considering the call uh, for a good good amount of time to step forward and to uh, to make contact with us and enter the seminar. So in New York, not a single person is scheduled to enter the seminary program next fall. <laughs> well done. Not a single one. to win some sort of booby prize for And this that. is New York City. <laughs> you know, these empty churches are going to make great sandwich shops one of these days. That's the best quote. Uh, Buzz, we're putting that in a promo right there. That, that phrase. And you really are right. It, we should start preemptive bidding right now. We should, we, should st- we should contact the local church and ask if we can have the church for a studio when they're no longer using mm-hmm. it. In New York City, which is the, mo- the most populous city in all of America, yep. there is no one enrolled in the upcoming seminary? No. But right now, the school is preparing only 23 seminarians for possible ordination over the next four years. So they do have some people in there, but only 23. Wow. Well, all right. So, so there you go. There's your, uh, is that the end of the clergy watch? I think so, so far, but you never know who else is being molested as we speak. <laughs> I like the way you think positive, Tim. There's always more news coming. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Dude, does the Pope sound like Gary Oldman in Bram Stoker's Dracula or what? I don't know. Tim, can you do you have another Pope cut or have you gotten rid of that? Uh, uh, no, I have a Pope cut here. Great efforts have already been made to deal honestly and fairly with this tragic situation and to ensure that children whom our Lord loves so deeply and who are our greatest treasure can grow up in a safe environment. Okay, now hold on. Now i got to look for... Uh... All right, I'm finding one. That's, but that's not what I called about. Oh, wait, no, hold oh, on. Yes, but, it but, is. No, no, but you, <laughs> you, you may not have thought that. But uh, now we're obsessed. But now we have to. Okay, so you're saying Gary Oldman in Dracula. Yeah. All right, hold on. Let me see here. Let's see. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm just finding a lot of um, evanescence. Yeah, see, we oh, found that too. It. See, it's a, yeah, uh, let me see. Let me look one more time here. I've got to keep, got to find it. Uh, let's see. Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. If no, not, how about Gary Coleman? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gary Coldman in Sid and Nancy. Um, now, see, all I've got is like a bunch of goth nitwits that have made their own homemade videos using like, hey, here's a Nightwish song put to Bram Stoker. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I'll find it. Wait. No. Wait. Wait. No. All right. Well, what did you call about, sir? Well, hey, I want to Wait. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Ow. Uh, uh, exhort you to see Cheryl Crow before it's too late. If you Google the Cheryl Crow curse, I believe all of her original band members have died off one by one. Including that guy that killed himself. There was the Leaving Las Vegas guy that killed himself, right? Yeah, but there's a, there's a bunch of band members that died off, man. Maybe she's uh, maybe she's toxic in some way. There you go, man. All anyway, right. best wait, ever, wait, that would explain the Lance Armstrong thing, though, too, wouldn't it? <laughs> I gotta go. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, here's Tim Riley. So let's talk about the debate that uh, 10 million people watched last night. I watched the last half hour. It's kind of boring. You watched the last half hour. I forgot to watch it. Sarah forgot it was even on. So, okay. And who would have known it was on regular TV, which I, a place where I never go? No, no, not at all. Well, you know, Lauren, I got rid of cable. Uh, we canceled our cable. We still have fine cable internet access via Comcast. Uh, but we just we just did we weren't watching enough cable TV to really justify it. I was watching so much stuff on DVD and and you know like a lot of uh, shows and programs are streamed legally on live na- online, so you can just go watch them there. And I just uh, 
Yeah, so I just, we just got rid of cable. But I could have watched that last night and then just completely spaced that it was even on. Only because the only reason I really would have watched it is because I wanted to see George Stephanopoulos in the really awkward position of having to moderate something with his former boss, Hillary Clinton. So, so uh, Hillary Clinton last night said people in rural areas of the country don't cling to their religion when Washington is not listening to them. And I similarly don't think that people cling to their traditions like hunting and guns. Um, either when they are frustrated with the government. I just don't believe that's how people live their lives. I'm still looking for that quote when she said her grandfather from Scranton, who was a factory worker and very religious, lived to shoot. It sounded like something out of a focus group. I think you mean grandpappy, Tim. Oh, that, yeah. that could be. This is, uh, this, is the, uh, this is where she talked about how, uh, no, 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 as a young girl, I would often go shooting frequently with blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Obama says his recent remarks about bitter people clinging to guns and religion was said poorly. I can see how people were offended. Uh, it's not the first time that I've made uh, a statement that was mangled up. Uh, it's not going to be the last. And uh, when uh, singer Ashley Simpson continues to skirt pregnancy rumors, some raw video footage is inserting a little irony into the situation. Wait, have we gone directly from the debate? Into... Is this a separate story now? Yes, it's different. Ashley Simpson was not involved in okay, that. Okay, no, because it was sort of like Clinton, Obama, Ashley Simpson pregnant. Um, by the way, I told Aaron that he really ought to be selling a shirt that just says typical white person on the front. I think that would be <gasps> a big genius. seller. I think it's, yeah. I think uh, let's see, I have Gary Oldman here. Okay, me too. You go for it. Tim, do you have a sound? Do you have, a, do you have that Pope sound bite one more time? I'm sorry to keep making you do this. I know. But now well, we have well, to sort of satisfy the listener's curiosity. <laughs> Great efforts have already been made oh, to deal honestly and fairly with this tragic situation and to ensure that children whom our Lord loves so deeply and who are our greatest treasure can grow up in a safe environment. Do you believe in destiny? That events of powers of time can be altered for a single purpose. Oh, that's creepy. By the way, am I the only one in the room? This really capture everyone's attention. Am, am, <laughs> am I the only one who, upon hearing that Pope thing for like the ninth time, is you want to play another one? Disturbed by the fact that he talks about quote loving children deeply. Mm -hmm. uh, he's and creepy all around. He's completely creepy. He, so he not only like the Catholic Church is for. Really. He talks about loving children deeply, uh, and then, um. It, he not only does that, but then he talks about they are our greatest treasure. And I swear to God, it sounds for all the world as though he's uh, touching himself when he's doing that. That's exactly what it sounds like. All right, here's Tim Riley. So when singer Ashley Simpson continues to skirt her pregnancy rumors, some video footage is inserting a little irony. This is a YouTube video. It shows Simpson and boyfriend fallout boy rocker Pete Wentz mocking a pregnancy as part of their plan to fight back against the illegal downloading of music. Wentz can be heard addressing the issue at hand while Simpson is seen sitting on the bed in the background. Uh, I'd like to mock both of them with a tire iron. Which is the illegal downloading of music. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll make a baby. Because you can't download a baby. God, I hate him. You also can't be funny when you're not. So, Jesus. All right. That braces really capture everyone's attention. I just, he bugs me. And, and they're, they're just breathing. They're just going to keep on breathing. And, and here's the thing. And I know that there are people out there, Peter, I'm looking at you, who are Fall Out Boy fans and whatever. Uh, but a, I think that guy gets a disproportionate amount of the credit uh, for that band. Uh, and I think that if he didn't have what Spin Magazine really creepily called pillow-like lips, 
uh, I don't really think. I mean, that's the whole thing with that guy, right? Is like he is that he's he's kind of a good-looking guy good looking in a, in a weird sort of way. Um, but uh, you know, he just looks like he smells of like sandalwood and pretense. Um, but anyway, so he writes the lyrics and whatever, and he's supposed to be the smart one, I think, too. And then there he is with Ashley Simpson, who really is, I would say, no catch at this he's point. He's not the smart one if he does. He actually did videos, Rick, videos on how to put on eyeliner, and he called it guy liner. Really? Is that true? Really. And it was his, it was how to put on guy liner. Is it the one that also was taking photographs of his own penis? Sitting there, hey, look at my penis. All right. Well, in any event. <laughs> Hi, Jim Roop. Is that Jim Roop on hold there? Listening to me talk about Pete Wentz's penis? Fantastic. Let's uh, welcome now to the ring number two from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing, brother man? Fine, thank you. Uh, so let's see here. I uh, I've got all of this stuff that's currently. So Tim Riley just handed me this thing. By the way, have you seen that? Um, they're going to be uh, selling this land that is adjacent right there to the Hollywood sign. Oh, that's been a, that's been in the works for a while. Is that true? They're going to be selling. Let's see, they're going to, it, it, an investment group that owns 138 sage covered acres above and to the left of the 45 foot high Hollywood sign put the land for sale last month uh, for 22 million dollars. Here's a question: Who owns the actual Hollywood sign? The sign itself? Uh, the city owns the sign. So do they take care of it? Do they? Because you always hear about how it's kind of falling apart. There is a society that uh, their sole job is to. Make sure that that sign looks good. Is it all? Paint it, they paint it every couple of years. They're up there cleaning brush away from it so it doesn't burn. You know, it's a whole. It's the the, the Hollywood Sign Society or something, some stupid crap like that. <laughs> there you go. See, I love the proper respect that you show things as a newsman and as a resident of Los Angeles. Well, everybody has a purpose. Well, as Navin, find mine. As Navin Johnson says in the Jerk, uh, everybody has their special purpose. All right, uh, so we talked a, a little bit about this uh, today, and I just, I, Sarah and I were sort of discussing this before the program, and it's, I mean, it's just one of those stories that is so just weird. I mean, you never really know just kind of what weird, evil creepiness is lurking in the corners of this world until it gets sort of caught and brought to light. So there's this weird arsenic and old lace thing happening here where there's, what was it, some seven, it, it, correct me if I got the story wrong, there's some 77-year-old woman who's, Meeting these homeless guys, taking out massive insurance policies on them, and then running them down with her car—that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I mean, so I mean, how did they find this woman out, and how long has she been doing this? Well, the the first the first one is traced back to 1999, and uh, it was $600,000 $600, insurance policy. And and yeah, you're right. They they befriend homeless men. They tell them that they'll get them a place to live, some benefits. Just let me take out an insurance policy on you. And then uh, they drug the guy, allegedly. Although one of them has been convicted of two counts of murder, two counts of conspiracy to commit murder. So we do know that. And uh, then they, they befriend these people. They, they drug them. They run them over with a car. And then they collect the insurance money. And that's pretty much it. It's interesting. I, I, I guess... Is your defibrillator or something going off? Yeah. Um, it seems like if I was a homeless guy, I would be a little bit skeptical of the fact that... I mean, I guess maybe you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, if somebody I didn't know befriended me and said, no, 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 before you do anything, now, I, all I ask is that I get to take out a million dollars in life insurance on you. All right, sign here. All right, now uh, let's go for a ride. I mean, that sort of doesn't seem like on the up and up, but I suppose as a homeless person, your options are perhaps uh, necessarily finite. Well, one of, the, one of the things that convicted these, uh, and will most likely convict the other woman, uh, at the very least, of a, of a lesser charge, maybe second-degree murder, 
but uh, is that there's a homeless guy that they approached who didn't take them up on the offer that identified the women. Number two, the guy who uh, a guy who sold one of the women a car, and on that car the DNA of one of the dead men was found in the undercarriage of that car. Said, yeah, that's the woman who bought the car. Yeah. And there's a video. These two women are taken into a police interrogation room. The police leave the room, and they start yelling at each other about each other's greed, <laughs> and how all they had, all she had to do was you know, he had to do was pay me, and I would have walked away. But no, you had to be greedy. Now you're going to go to jail. <laughs> it was just. And so this video is just beautiful, and what? and that's pretty much what's convicted. Well, just in terms of stupidity, it really criminals never disappoint, do they? Well, even the lawyer of one of the women said, "Look, she's stupid. <laughs> she really is stupid." And so she's more. She was duped into this. That's how dumb my client is. <laughs> so please uh, don't find her guilty because she's an idiot. And really, the thing that comes out of this conversation here is of all the places I would like to end my life, uh, in the undercarriage of a car. Uh, is at the bottom of the list. That's I would not like for that to be my final resting place. Is underneath a Torino. All right. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes. All right then, my friend. We will uh, speak with you in the immediate future. Until then, enjoy another glorious Southern California afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. There you go, James Roop. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Nope. I'm back already. Yes. You caught me off guard. There you I'm sorry. We well, we normally do Roop at two ten today. I understand. Uh, but we had bumped him up uh, to one ten. Would you like a moment? No, I'm fine. Are you sure? Yes. We can talk more about Cheryl Crow. No, I have more interesting things to talk about. Okay. I have two fascinating alligator stories. Five teenagers have been arrested for trying to steal alligators. Police say they use some unusual items to try to pull off this caper. The five men are in jail now for trying to steal alligators from a miniature golf course. The men told police they hadn't really thought about what to do with them because they were small baby alligators. And even the public can feed them. A police officer driving by the golf course noticed a couple standing out front. The officer turned around to see what they were doing and suddenly saw five people running from the scene. Police chased them, caught up with two of them. In the gator pit of the miniature golf course, there was a stick and a roll of duct tape. The two men told police they were going to use them to catch alligators. They eventually stopped three other men who were walked away from the scene. No alligators were stolen. Here's our second alligator story. This comes to us from Texas. Texas Highway Patrol officer pulled over an erratic driver and found a six-foot-long gator sitting in the back seat of the car without any type of restraint around the gator, not even a seatbelt. I don't think I've ever had anything quite as unusual as this one. A man had the alligator in his back seat, was probably planning to slaughter it and sell the hide for meat. I have a suspicion that he may have going to be having to go take it, get it slaughtered, sell the hide, or sell the meat. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How I was you just desperately wanting that story to end with the guy being eaten somehow. Uh, yes, what's up, sir? Well, I want to tell you why I just absolutely hate Pete Wentz. <laughs> okay. Uh, and how you this said, sounds you know, like a, this sounds very a, much like it ought to be the name of some sort of a blog with lavender print. That's the name of my next album. All right. But uh, you were right to, as far as his uh, disproportionate amount of uh, fame. Yeah. I, he's the bass player. You know, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a key part of the production, but he's the bass player. And Tom I mean, Hanks didn't even think to give the bass player a name in that thing you do. Can we? That is true. If you watch that thing you do, his name is TB Player. Uh, exactly. Bass player doesn't even actually have a name in the movie. Um, and now, and can I, can I just say what, what probably nobody else really um, 
Nobody else really will put this uh, in these terms in, like, let's say, a national magazine. Like, Rolling Stone will put it this way. But do we all agree that Pete Wentz gets the attention of that band because the lead singer's fat? I mean, really, let's just call it what it is. And oh, the lead well, singer's not that fat. He's not, he's, not, he's not, like, orca fat or anything. But, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a man of carriage. He's a large man. And so they probably figure he's not going to sell any uh, magazines by putting his face on the front. And so they just find, uh, the, you know, the weird-looking puffy-lipped guy, and they stick him in there instead. But, you know, case in point, it's like uh, not uh, focusing on the fact that the star of your uh, adult film is Ron Jeremy because he looks like Ron Jeremy. So instead you're going to focus on the guy who holds uh, the boomstick. You know, he's a valuable part of the production, but uh, uh-huh. you know, he's, he's not the star. All right. Well done, sir. Thank you. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. I'm cancer-free, baby. Oh, wait. Are you the cancer <laughs> guy? This, yeah, this was getting called in yesterday on his birthday, and uh, went and got tested today. Uh, had the, the camera took his little peek, and uh, I got no cancer. Excellent, oh, good awesome. for you. Here's Yay. to being cancer-free, yeah. sir. Yeah. All right, so yeah, it's the best birthday present ever. Happy Excellent. thirty. Yeah, seriously, happy yeah. thirty and thirty-one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. Congratulations. All right, bye. All right, there you go. Oh, that's so so Excellent. great. I was listening that to the replay good. again this morning. There was a guy called oh. in yesterday. He's like, uh, "It's my birthday, and I'm about to be fired from my job, and I have to go in because I'm on cancer." And then if there was really just no way for us to, well, it's always darkest before the dawn. You know, there's just no, like, there was really no appropriate comment to make. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, this is Carl. Hello, Carl, this is Rick. <laughs> That's hey, Carl like Gooseman. I'd like to, you to give me a reason why I should not listen to the Lars Larson Show anymore. And I'd like to ask you a couple of questions also. You sound kind of aggressive. All right, there's a little aggro happening here. All right, let's back oh, up. Well, hold on. Let's before we move any further here. Let's. I'm walk. in the middle of working right now. What kind of work do you do? Construction remodel. All right. So, let me understand this. So you are presumably listening to the show now. Exactly. And yet you want a reason not to be listening to Lars. What is the reason you're not listening to Lars now? I just uh, you're still on after uh, Dennis Miller. Right. So you are listening. So I've been on. Dennis Miller ended. Three and a half hours, hours ago. Yeah. So my question is, I'm not trying to be confrontational, I'm simply curious. If you're calling up asking why you should not be listening to Lars, we've not been on for three and a half hours today. So why have you not been listening to Lars so far? I haven't made it to the radio yet. Is the radio on the moon? <laughs> oh, no. It's, I'm going back and forth and just I'm not listening to the radio consecutively all the time. And I wanted to call in and ask you a few questions also. Are these questions? That's why I'm listening to you. Are these questions uh, related to whether or not you should listen to Lars? Well, I'd like to know your point of view on a few things. Oh, I remember. God. Let's be no, sorry. No, 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 no it's no big like... deal. No, 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 no. We're trying to be neutral. We're trying to be neutral about these things. I'm just saying it's. I'm just saying I, it seems like I sense just the slightest bit of. Uh, I sense the slightest bit of uh, of aggression in your voice. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit nervous. What, what are you aggressive about, sir? What's going on in your life? Oh, no, no, no aggression. Everything okay at home? Uh, of course not. Okay. Well, what's wrong at home, sir? How can we help you? Oh. You know, that last guy thought he had cancer yesterday, and today, cancer-free. Are you cancer-free? Oh, I should hope so. Are you happy about it? Well, of course. If nothing else, back. being cancer-free, sir, look, all you've got is your health, my friend. Oh, I understand that. Okay. That doesn't happen to Lars listeners. So let me ask you this. No, Lars listeners don't have their health at all. They're filled with blackness and spiders. Okay. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Uh, these questions. I haven't had a chance to ask you ask you a question yet. I understand that. Now that time that time is coming. So these questions you're going to ask me now. Uh, now let me ask you this: When you listen to the radio, 
What okay. is most what is most important to you of the following three things? Uh, and I ask this sincerely. Of the following three things, which would you say is the most important? Hearing information about local events. Uh, hearing people who agree with you and think like you do. Or hearing things that are funny slash entertaining. I'd pick A and, a and C, not B. So you wish to hear local things that are funny and entertaining? Yes. What is the last funny thing Lars did? Take as oh. much time as you need. I mean, hours, really. <laughs> I'll sit here all day. What is the last funny thing that Lars did? And I don't mean accidentally, like like when he tried to make a point and, I don't know, his enormous girth pushed the microphone oh, yeah. out of the way. I, I agree. If, if he did, did come, come across humor sometimes, it would be accidental. I yes. Agree. That That's all I could, It would be accidental. I agree with you. Okay, so are we... Okay, so I'm just... I'm just, I want to make sure, you know, that I know where you're coming from here as a prospective listener because understand it makes me a little awkward because it it's a little... Um, not that you know. Not that we're not self-promoters. We are obviously. We'd like people to listen, but I also don't wish to be here just, as they say, waxing my own car in public and just lecturing you about how great I am. I'm just trying to find out what you're looking for as a listener. Well, one thing I'll tell you, to be honest with you, it really turned me off to you, and it had to have been about, uh, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, and then I think you took a hiatus from Portland. I want to make sure that I know exactly what we're talking about here. And this isn't. Oh, you went on a rant. This isn't because I'm black, is it? No, no. You went on a rant one okay. day about uh, how you hated uh, Veterans Day. You just went off and on and on and on and about an hour about why should we celebrate Veterans Day? Well, what did they do for us? You're sure this is a thing that I did? Yes. You're yes, sure? Was, what, you were sure you weren't listening to Andy Odes? Nope, it was you. I remember. Uh, all right. But uh, I just want to know how you feel about, about veterans now. Why would you not like Veterans Day, Rick? I'm pretty sure that isn't a thing that I did. I don't. I can't see you saying that at Sarah's, all. And Sarah's worked with me. Tim has actually worked with me for seven years. Tim, do you remember that? No. Sarah? M no. I mean, no. If anything, you've always been really respectful on Veterans Day. Yeah. I mean, my father's a veteran. We've had a lot of veterans come in here. Wait, is this a thing that you've actually been pondering for like seven years? Well, like I said, you're on after Dennis Miller. I love listening to Dennis Miller. And, Three hours and, ago. And then, look. All right, what is your next? What is, well, I don't recall. What is your next question then? Oh, how do you feel about global warming? That's you guys are. I'll go. Oh, God, don't bring. How do you feel about global warming? What do you mean? How do That's I? That's the third thing's abortion. What, what do you mean? Can we talk no, about gun no, control no, we'll after that? I'm Can sorry? we spend a lot of time talking about nuclear power then? What do you mean? How do I feel about global warming? Do you think it's true, or what side do you? Uh, Let me understand this. Are, uh, here's the reason I'm asking: uh, Are you listening to this program to glean scientific knowledge? Well, if I'm going to listen to you, I'd like to know some of your thoughts and feelings. Let me and, ask you this. You let me know, let me uh, let me ask you this, and then and we can things. we can. This is really going to have to be the final question. We can bottom sure. line this here. Sure. What is if you found this program to be amusing and entertaining, and yet disagreed with perhaps some of the things we said? or disagreed with our persuasions on things, eh, is that a thing you'd still listen to? No. Okay, well, then you're best served to find something else, my friend. Cool. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. I love wow. how when you were asking him questions, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm at work right now. It's like, really, Seriously. so you sat on hold for a half an hour? <laughs> he's going to change the station, though. Three and a half, no, he's still listening now. Wow. Let's I apologize. Let's move but, forward. But, but you know what? That, that type of work is a rough thing to do. Because usually you call someone to do some kind of construction because it's something you don't want to do. And you know there's a mess that you don't know about. 
So you hand it to somebody else. Wow. If all I was right. working construction, I wouldn't want to hear some angry guy screaming all the time. I'd rather laugh along with him. And I, I should have gotten to the third question, you know, my last question to him first, because I kind of suspected we were going to end up there. By the way, I'm occasionally accused of being brusque or otherwise uh, rude to the cause. No, that was me. I'm sorry. I get spiky when I hear that somebody's Every... going to be a dick. I love the idea that I'd be, Rick, you have to fill out the following questionnaire, and then and only then will I determine whether or not to listen to your program. Um... So it was interesting, and then we won't uh, we won't spend any more time on this because why? It was interesting to note that like at the very beginning, uh, I actually asked him point blank, "What's more important, hearing something local and amusing, or hearing somebody that agrees with you?" And he actually said that the local amusing part was much more important. But then, then all the, the questions are about. Well, and then at the end, when I said, "If you found something that was entertaining that you disagreed with, would you listen?" and he said, "No." So there you go. Okay. So, so if you'd, if you'd just been honest at the very beginning, we probably could have moved on. Wow. Oh, I'm so much closer to death now. All right, here's Tim Riley. I feel like I've got cancer of the attention span. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Time out for the parade of polygamy and the religious nutcase watch. Here's the religious nutcase watch on the Rick Emerson radio program. children who once led lives in the church's ranch outside the tiny town of West Texas have spent the past two weeks sleeping on cots, shuffled from shelter to shelter. Today, a judge is scheduled to hear from their attorneys, along with attorneys with their parents and child protection services. So apparently, there are 416 kids and 300-something attorneys, so somebody's going to have to double up here. And uh, they're being kept in, uh, let's see, two different warehouses or something or other. Uh, members of the sect wear long, pioneer-style dresses. They quietly made their way to the courthouse early today. Most of the women accompanied by lawyers look down as they pass by video cameras and report. And by the way, let me just say this. I don't mean to sound lookist. None of those women are as hot as Chloe Savini. There's just written not one of them. No, uh, and they both have Black of Eagles haircuts. <laughs> you all see, you kind of see the uh, all the hot polygamy wives on that HB on the Big Love uh, mm -hmm. show. And then I, I went to the newspaper or whatever, the, the article yesterday in the New York Times or something about this. And the women are all sort of, they're all kind of unpleasant looking. I mean, it really, I mean, I can't. Were you just desperately searching for the one? I was trying to find, well, you know how I feel about hot Mormon women. And this is sort of the, uh, this is this is sort of the B pile, I think. And really, trading in, trading in or down or whatever. One of the Wigamo polygamy spent 18 years. <laughs> I'm going to bleep that if it's all the same to you. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you thought about it for a second, didn't you? I did. You know, that was a very gentle dump. Sarah, sometimes, here's what just happened. So sometimes somebody will say something like, blah, 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 F word, and we all kind of go, whoa, and we reach for the dump button and like it hit it really firmly. This is a. That well, was you lightly gliding. Really sorry. Tim, Tim just said something that we laughed at, but which was probably uh, not suitable for the air. And we kind of looked at each other and I kind of went. Well, yeah, and I kind of just casually reached over and just sort of gently pressed the button and made it go away. Well, then let me tastefully speak of the women of polygamy. <laughs> women of polygamy, is that your new calendar? <laughs> Tim Riley's Women of Polygamy. Kathy N. spent 18 years as a woman of polygamy. She escaped one night. She said the women are taught to, quote, stay sweet from a very young age. Swallow your emotions, sacrifice oh, your, your emotions. feelings. 
perfect faith, um, perfect obedience brings perfect faith. Um, they, they twist things up in the minds of the women. Boys are not highly regarded there. The boys in most societies are cherished and, um, you know, in China or whatever the case. In the FLDS, the boys are considered a burden. I totally should have accused that guy of not wanting to listen to me because I'm black. That really should have been. I first, that was funny because you could tell it caught him up. I was like, no, Rick. I meant to do That's a, not the problem. I meant, to, I meant to do a little callback on that, but I failed to. So is that one of the women who left? Or is that one yes. of the women who's... Okay, so she was, was she yeah. one of the ones who sort of uh, skedaddled from the organization? Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, this uh, final part here. When police armed with weapons of protective gear descended on that ranch, uh, its members descended by going to their knees in prayer. They showed some pictures, apparently. The officers wearing body armor, carrying atomic weapons. Oh, automatic weapons. <laughs> atomic <laughs> weapons. <laughs> well, they, they didn't need to use them. <laughs> <laughs> Huge robots marching in to bring them their uh, gamma-laden doom. They responded by resistance is futile. <laughs> well, they didn't need to use them after all. Fantastic. There's your religious nutcase. Watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Fantastic. So who knew these things were still out there? But if you go to Springfield, Illinois, you can still buy candy cigarettes. Is that true? Yep. So this uh, politician, Senator Jacqueline Collins, says uh, these packs of smoke that taste like candy, clearly aimed at children, have to be taken off the store shelf. This is preventive and prohibitive for other companies that might have an idea of coming forward with flavored cigarettes. That's right. And Republican Chris Lawson wonders what's next if they take away candy cigarettes. Are we going to make beer and alcohol, which sometimes leads to alcoholism, less flavorful or tasty or make the products less, Not less uh, flavorful. because it can lead to something bad? I think he's in with the candy cigarette lobby, if you ask me. By the way, and do, they, do the candy cigarettes still smell out, mm. blow out candy smoke? Is that a thing I don't they still know. Do? I remember that. Do you those. know what they just got taken off the market here in Oregon? Uh, somebody emailed me about this. I've never had one, but they make those marijuana-flavored candies. You know what I'm talking about? No. They have no marijuana in them, but it's like they synthesized the taste or something, which, I mean, I don't really understand why you'd want something that tasted like marijuana. To me, that's like something... That sounds really random. Well, doesn't it... And, and rancid, doesn't it? I want something that tastes like tobacco. Um... But they had some candy, and it was just a novelty product, no drug of any kind in it, obviously. Uh, but it was a marijuana-flavored, like, lollipop, and they got it taken off the market because, I swear to God, somebody actually referred to it. It could be a gateway candy, so they got it taken off. Um, speaking of beer, uh, remind me to bring down into the studio during this next break. I have a half uh, rack of beer upstairs mm-hmm. that I meant to bring down here that my wife, my wife's kind of on this. Um... Well, I realize now there's no way to back up out of this. So... My, uh, my the latest thing. No, it's not the latest. Well, you know, my wife is kind of a hippie. And uh, so <gasps> in, addition, tea? in addition to drinking mold, uh, you know, and drinking whatever that horrible, like, tea is that's covered in slime. And, you know, she's trying to, you know, she, she um, well, I will just explain it as she explained it. She felt like she was uh, drinking a little too much beer lately. She felt like that was uh, an, an alcohol in general. The way to go. Uh, an alcohol in general. Oh, okay. She, uh. I'm not saying my wife is causing her stress. 
I don't know what you're talking Troubles about. Troubles at home. <laughs> the uh, no, she. I think she felt like uh, it was becoming a little bit too much of a routine for her, uh, and so she's doing that. I used to know a guy actually that uh, loved Jack Daniels. His whole drink with Jack Daniels, but once a year he would quit drinking. Uh, for a 30-day period, once a year, and it was like, I don't know, September or whatever, he would quit drinking for one month just to show himself that he kind of had a handle on mm-hmm. it. His I old... have many friends who do that. Yeah, and his thing is, like, he's, he's like, if I ever can't make it through that month, then he's like, then I'll know I have to, like, quit it, period, because then I have it. You know, so she's gotten this whole thing of she's not going to drink for a while, because she felt like it was becoming a little bit too much of a routine. She'd come home from the crazy house, you know, where she works, and just immediately pop it open. So I've actually been instructed to bring all of the leftover beer uh, here to work, so I did. So I have a two six pack, but it's all different. It's like, uh, it, it's like twelve different kinds of beer that were sort of like left over in our fridge, which maybe should indicate something right there that it was actually. You give it to Richie. I don't 12, drink beer. Twelve different varieties of beer uh, in our fridge. So uh, okay, well I'll bring it in during the break. I think Richie's already uh, Richie's already called uh, dibs on it. So I'll bring that in. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Oh my gosh, Rick, you did a great job of being nice to that. Who was an idiot? I was, uh, that's you saying that. I was respectful to that prospective listener. I should have known, to be fair, that the call would sort of end that way because he did sound singularly humorless, like, from go. It's like, okay, it, can you not listen to a radio station of people you disagree with? How about some critical thinking? By no, me? no, no, no. Um, it's all about finding a radio station where you are guaranteed to never, ever hear anything that conflicts with what you believe in any way at all. Okay, yeah. so... So, yeah. yeah. Even even my teenage son knows critical thinking enough to be able to handle things. Well, your son is clearly dangerous. Why does your son hate America? Yeah, that's what it is, All I'm right. sure. Thank, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. This me? <laughs> I'm sorry, we were busy for a moment. Yes, go ahead. Hello. Hi, my, Hi I yes. Was just curious. You're on the air, sir. <laughs> I was just curious what uh I might be ignorant or something, but I just want to know what polygamy is. Uh, polygamy is one man being married to multiple wives. Well, I don't see a problem with that. No, there's... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wanted to touch on a note you guys were talking about the other day, about two days ago. Um, where the, it was about that guy that blew himself up listening to a radio show. I, I, I'm so confused. Uh no, you're talking about no, no, no. It was a guy who was building bombs, and he yes, was listening yes, to yes. music at loud volume right before he blew himself up. Yeah, you guys' question would be, what would be the funniest thing he would be listening to? Yes. I thought it would be pretty funny if he was listening to a Rick Emerson show. Yes, it would, sir. That would be amusing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to waste your time. All right. No, no, no. Not at all, sir. And uh, are you clear about polygamy now? Yes, sir. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a little something here. Um, and I'm going to tell you, this will make you a little bit brighter than all your friends. So polygamy is one man and many women, and usually it's illegal because you can't marry more than one woman, but it's a, one man and many women who sort of are his wives in name. Uh, when one woman has many husbands, that is called polyandry, just so you know. Ah, uh, now I'm a little bit brighter. All right, there you go. Wait, bust out that word the next time you're at a cocktail party. Make you look smart. All right. <laughs> right on. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. So I kept my promise to bring this for you today. Is that your, is that your electric? Uh, is that for noses or ears or both. both? Really? Yes. Can you use it right now? I could if I had either. Let's let's see a demonstration of how it works. All right. What are you going to trim for us, Tim? Uh, ears. All right. Which ear? Uh, this one. Tim is going to be trimming his left ear now. Mm-hmm. 
Feels better all the time. Excellent. Fantastic. Now, where does the... You have to empty the hair out? Does it accumulate somewhere? Yeah, in oh, here. Oh, boy. You take it apart. All right. There you go. Shall we take a break? Yeah. Let's take a break. Jesus, it's 135. We'll take a break here. Back uh, after this. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up later on, uh, Dennis Fitzenbarger will be here. Top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. High Concept Thursday. More about Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. That's right. Hi, uh, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Uh, still ahead today, Dennis uh, Pitzenbarger from Miles Around. Uh, one of the top five uh, heavy guitar pop songs of all time. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is Tim Riley. Well, and now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Yeah, squirrel leaving. That was the equivalent of, of, uh, that was the equivalent of the coyote stepping out of the cave and then immediately the train coming by and hitting him. Remember the music starting when that girl's trying to give her acceptance? Totally. If I oh, see the, an- oh, the anvil falling on someone's head from the hillside. Exactly. All right, go ahead. You know, this uh, YouTube craze is making people behave badly. A Eugene man has been arrested for the OSP after taking a video of himself at speeds of 164 miles an hour. He was spotting riding one of these motorcycles, pulled over. The troopers noticed a digital camera near the handlebars. They seized the camera's evidence, and a search warrant was authorized to view its contents. A review of the video shows images of the motorcycle being operated in a dangerous, reckless manner through the I-5 Eugene Springfield Highway construction zone at a high rate of speed. The motorcycle continued to recklessly northbound at speeds documented up to 164 miles an hour. All to post a video on the YouTube. Well, let's talk about the uh, sex slaves of Oklahoma, shall we? <laughs> yes, can we please? An Oklahoma sheriff resigned after investigation reveals he was running a sex slave operation from his jail. Michael Burgess surrendered. An agent posted bond for him. He's charged with 35 felony charges. Well, they started looking into Burgess in May of 2007 when participants of a Washita Cluster County drug program told investigators that the sheriff made her have sex with him on the threat of sending her to prison. Because of a conflict of interest, it was, it was sent to other authorities. According to uh, affidavits filed, uh, Sheriff Burgess compelled a woman to travel to Oklahoma City to meet him at the Biltmore Hotel for sex. The same woman had sex with Burgess under duress at a Clinton truck stop parking lot, also at her home. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Then the former sheriff's accused of having another woman go to the alleged victim's home to remove incriminating evidence against him in exchange for securing her brother's release from prison. Ugh. Another woman said Burgess groped her on October 1st and November 30th, 2005. He allegedly forced a drug probation visitor to perform oral sex on him in a county vehicle. He's not done yet. Apparently, an affidavit states that Burgess directed and coached women as to facts that she was present in which she, in fact, had to testify under oath to get herself out of trouble. Uh, then, on all counts, uh, Burgess could face a sentence up to 467 years in prison. So, uh, that's that. Apparently, phone calls have not been returned from Sheriff Burgess in his sex slave operation. <laughs> busy having sex behind the dumpster of a bowling alley. Uh, it, by the way, it, somebody pointed me toward, early on in the program, I read an email from somebody who said, uh, as Doyle Rutherford might say, what is up with that in the mattress world spots that used to have the couple and now only have the woman? 
And so I, I said, I was pondering why the, only the woman now would be in the Mattress World spots and not the husband or the guy. Maybe they're advertising only single beds. What? <laughs> oh, crap, it was my microphone. <laughs> Are you sleeping single in a double bed? We've got you covered. Um... Anywho, uh, so I said, well, like, what, like, what is the deal? Like, has anybody else seen this? Whatever. And this, uh, somebody called up and said that not only is in the Mattress World commercials, not only is it now just the woman, although I'm unclear if it's the kids, though. Isn't this the thing? Isn't it, wasn't it like sometimes just, <laughs> so, wasn't it sometimes, sometimes it would be just the kids, but yeah, sometimes like it little was, blonde boy and like the baby, like the little, the yeah, the Swiss Miss looking kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the, Bulgarian children. yes, and then at the, and then, and then the, but then it would sometimes just be the couple. So now apparently it's now just the woman, and I guess maybe not the kids. So know. somebody said that the woman is now doing the spots by herself, and that she, quote, also looks blonder and thinner. So now I'm desperately trying, of course, to find photographs of this. It doesn't seem like anybody's got it posted. The closest I can get is that someone sent me a link to a Craigslist posting about uh, this whole business, but the Craigslist posting itself is expired. So I'm going there, and it's gone. So I can't, I actually can't What's the find... lady's name again? Uh, her name is Sherry Heiner. Uh, Sherry Heiner, I believe, is her name. Uh, and I think it was Sherry and John. I think those are the guys who owned hmm. or own Mattress World. Do, do we have any connections still to Entrycon? Because they used to go over there to record those commercials. Is that true? Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. saw them in the hallway once. So I'm, I don't remember that, really? Yeah. Bob Brooks usually records their commercials. <laughs> Bob Brooks, when he's not we busy voicing. We know Mattress person very well. Do you remember? Yes, do I do. Do you remember? Oh, I do. Um, <sighs> well... It was like the You're worst such an instigator. <laughs> How do I put this? Um, well, let me. It was so me, humiliating. Like the things that we did for money. Let me be very. Did this have to do with mattress world? <laughs> I was just going to say, be careful how you use the phrase, the things we had to do for money when you're talking about mattresses. Maybe I had to call Sheriff Burgess down in Oklahoma. Remember that other mattress man? Um, the uh, Let me be very careful here. Um, at one point. At one point. Sarah and I, uh, well, maybe, mostly Sarah, um, had some <laughs> had some dealings with a business that sells, among other items, yes, many many items. Uh, what one might refer to as bedroom or bedding supplies. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I will also further state that, that it's not Mattress World. Um, it's not one it of our is, fine sponsors. It is not one of our sponsors. Yeah, we should be very clear about that, too. Not, not one of our sponsors, and I mean that sincerely. And I've already looked it up. It's, yeah, they're ab- not in there. Absolutely not a sponsor. But there was a a firm, a business that uh, provides uh, bedding and bedding supplies that at one point uh, Sarah had some business dealings with. And one of the people from that company... Uh, yeah, we're clear. As Sarah put it... Um, just smelled of, uh, what did you say, whiskey and hate? Oh, oh I remember that guy. <laughs> That's, we're not specifying who. Uh, we're not uh, specifying gender. Could we're not... be a man, a woman, or a combination of both. <laughs> that guy could, could be, be anybody. Man. That, uh, but Sarah noted that one of the people from that business um, did uh, smell of smoke and whiskey and a desire to rub up against you and claim it was an accident. <sighs> that person, man or female, was so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. There was, I that noticed, was such a low point in my life. And I noticed a lot of inadvertent brushing up against you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. I can't even... Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Oh, the bad. Best thing is, the best thing is when that inadvertent brushing up against Sarah happened while um, 
while there were similar-aged children who were there. I like girls the same age as my daughters. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Is that the end of the story? Yes, that was such a pointless it. story. It that's, was, it, no, it, it was terrible. There was, there was no ending to that story. <laughs> there, there was a beginning and a middle. It was just it was a it was a horrible. He was a she was a horrible person. We're not specifying who. Mm-hmm. They are not a sponsor. It was awful. Yep. Here's Tim Riley. That's what happens when you take off the sunglasses and the earbuds and start talking to people. <laughs> that's what I never do. <laughs> it's best just to look down at the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody's uh, much happier that way. Uh, here we've got suggestions. Rick, um, here are some uh, some names. A Visotini, perhaps. That would be Viso Will or Vigor and Vodka. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, this is a whole bunch of just martini suggestions. I'm telling you, you really are missing the boat here if you don't name that Vigor and Viso uh, and get, just get out front. It'll be one of the things you ought to do in your life. One of the things you Vigor ought to vodka? do. Yeah. One of the things you ought to do before you die is name a drink. I mean, you know, that way, uh, again, it's like that kid It's like that kid who's going to be named uh, Riley Dillon. Well, I do like your flying V because it's true because it has a lot of caffeine in it. Yeah. yeah. And the double Vs. Um, let's double see. Vs. <laughs> um, that made me laugh. Uh, Rick, this guy says, Rick, um, when you think about it, doesn't it seem like there's a disproportional number of mattress stores in existence anyway? Yes. Between all the TV and radio ads and the people dancing on street corners, how many mattresses <laughs> can they be selling to pay for all that? That's a good question. And how often... How often do people buy mattresses? I was just going to say that. Um, well, I, I think they go through them more rapidly than some other places in America. I mean, just a, a few rolls over might damage the springs in something, <laughs> if only used for just a few months. Are you... Are, and well, just like breakups. Like if you move out and you guys were sharing a bed, then you have to buy a new right. bed. Um, for instance... Uh, you know, either or both the Olsen twins might not wear out a mattress in their lifetime. That's true. Whereas Louis Anderson? Yes. That guy goes through a bed a week. I'm telling He's you right always now. watching mattress commercials. <laughs> saying, Where am I going to get the next one? <laughs> he's got a whole... He's got a stash of mattresses secreted away in a warehouse. But I think that would answer that question. Okay. Let's move on from this, shall we? Well, let's talk about peacocks that ruin neighborhoods. Okay. <laughs> about 150 peacocks are roaming around the Bellevue neighborhood in Marion County, Florida... They continue to tear up the roofs and lawns of houses. In where? Florida. For the win. They're yeah, not like thanks. other peacocks. The birds are loud and leave droppings throughout the neighborhood. Uh, neighbors are apparently asking for help since peacocks are considered domestic animals. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission is not responsible for getting rid of them. Uh, local control officials are uh, controlling the muster of peacocks, and it's impossible. Animal control people say there's nothing they can do about it. It's true, peacocks are a nuisance bird. Uh, the peacocks are also learning to avoid traps. At a certain point, the peacocks get smart and say, Hey, wait a minute. Fred was captured the other day. <laughs> I'm not going to be like Fred the peacock. Uh, squawking peacocks are also keeping people <laughs> awake all night. <laughs> Whenever I go to school, sometimes I have bad days because I don't get enough sleep, says little Austin. It's crazy having so many peacocks around. They must do something about these peacocks, but they don't know what. They're working with state and community to come up with innovative peacock ideas. Maybe they can all go live with Annie. <laughs> I I'm met a sorry, dog named Carol mean... yesterday. I like cheese. You said a peacock named Pete, so I'm telling you I met a dog named Carol. Okay, we all went in like three different directions there. Let's see if Dave's in his... Uh... Good afternoon. Dave's in. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Hey, uh, so a couple things about Annie. So Annie, uh, we were talking about her earlier. We found out now that she owns eight, uh, eight cats and how many squirrels? Four? Uh, 
there were four squirrels that she took home with her uh, from the ceiling. All right. Now, uh, can you... Healing squirrels. Uh, can, uh, are you able to connect us with her? Can you patch us through to her? Of course. What is, what is her... And I'm sorry for not knowing this. Is she the AP... Or the APD, the Assistant Promotions... Director. At Couple? Yes. yes. Okay. Can you... Uh, would you... Are you able to sort of uh, patch us through to her? I would love to. Thank you, Davidson. Bye. All right. Change. Not just oil. Pens oil. Thank you for calling. I'm busy feeding my squirrels at the moment. Please leave a message. Nah, it doesn't look like she's there. See, she is busy feeding the squirrels. Well, that's an all-day job, I would imagine. Maybe she went home to change clothes. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Well, oftentimes ladies like to wear multiple outfits during the day. Here's Tim Riley. That is true. Uh, two Russian teenagers have been killed after throwing a grenade into a fire. The 16-year-old teachers found the grenade, and they put it in the fire, and it exploded. As a result of the injuries, they died immediately, says TASS, the new news agency. Really? Is that what we're calling TASS now? Yes. Okay. Uh, Russia has been relatively calm in recent years. Uh, despite some rebuilding, unexploded weapons and landmines are scattered throughout the country. And these teenagers, well, being as warlike as Russians are, got a little bit too curious. <laughs> being a savage, day. people. Rick, Visa and Vodka. How about V squared or V cubed for Visa, Vigor, and Vodka? Okay, how about V2, V3? Sure. Oh, I like that, like the V squared. Or... Yeah. Uh, let's see. Something with will and alcohol could also be called strong-willed. Uh, he says, also, I know it's been talked about before, but since mattresses aren't really an impulse item, what good are the street dancers anyway? You don't really drive down a road, see a guy holding a sign, and say to yourself, hey, you know what I should do right now? Buy a mattress. It just really bugs me. That is true. But you don't. A mattress is a thing you plan for. I mean, you make a whole. You know what I mean? You do a whole thing about that. You you, you think on it. You plan on it. That's you true. That is like a point shop. of purchase. Well, it's, it's a like... yearly goal. All right. So, uh, all right. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy and so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Be amusing now. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, Something on the mattress uh, thing. Uh, yeah. I've been told by people that have been in the business that the reason why there's so many mattress places popping up now is because more, less and less people get married now. Let's just kind of shack up. What's the one piece of furniture that a new mate is going to want to get rid of? The old bed. That's true. I guess if you're uh, going to hump it out with somebody, you don't want to be doing it on the mattress where they were sleeping Correct. with somebody it's, else. It's a, it's a growth industry. So. And would you also agree, now I don't wish to be morbid, would you also say uh, that... Uh, the more people we have in the country, the more people, the more, the bigger population, the more people die too, right? So I mean, if you have 300 million people, that's right. uh, maybe a bigger death rate or something. And uh, again, not to be hideous, but I mean, if you uh, somebody dies, maybe you want a different bed, right? Right. So like, if you know, if half of a couple passes away, perhaps that's another thing where uh, they decide that they want they want to sleep on a different mattress. They want to start a new yeah. somehow. So I would I would guess that when half of an old couple, when one of them dies, they probably go to some place where the bed is paid for, like a you know like a home. The uh, the uh, or there there used to be that on um, that Queen for a Day show that ran in the fifties. That was a yeah. common thing where they would bring some woman on because it's like the husband would have a coronary or something, and so she would want a different mattress, and they would make her do like a song and dance for it. All right, yeah. no, that's an interesting oh, point. Yes, one other one other thing. Do you guys remember uh, the Rick from Empire Glass used to sell like with it, with their windshield to get twelve free dinners at Sherry's? Totally. Restaurant? Oh yeah. Do I ever? Yeah. Well, do you know you remember what happened to him? Yeah, he was murdered by a prostitute. Right, he got robbed. <laughs> this jewelry. is a tr true story. My wife, like, you know, months before that, hated that guy. Absolutely hated his commercials. And what did you think she said? Well, wouldn't that be great if he just, you know, wasn't around anymore? And then sure enough, 
she thought she, you know. Maybe your wife, like Billy Moomy style, is able to eliminate people with her mind. Yeah, that's 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 why I'm still married to her. All right, thank you. Yeah. It's a good day. Don't send me to the cornfield. That's like a 1% joke. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this me? Huh? No. I just not. I wanted to double check. I was listening to the Wait, and I turned it down. <laughs> There's too many things no, happening in this call. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, the dog is happy. Let's all. Let's, no, no, no. Let's all calm down. Let's just take a second. Sud- no. Suddenly there was a whole cacophony of noise that happened. There. <laughs> the husband came home. The dog barked. All right. What's your, okay. what, what is your What is your name? Wait, Angela. Angela, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I had just a little bit of a FYI on the squirrel thing in Annie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just, just I don't know if you guys care or not, but it's technically illegal to own squirrels, so you might even be uh, kind of calling her out a little bit. Oh. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm I, glad we I didn't just... use her name or her position. Well, well, you know, you know, oh, hey, there could, a... be, there could be an animal control operator with a chip on their shoulder. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> word, word to the word to the wise, then I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. All right. Here's Tim Riley. How many illegal squirrel calls do you think they get? Is there a warning for the first possession of squirrels? I don't really know, and I and I wonder if that's that must be a thing that uh, I mean, it maybe like a, that's like a disease thing, maybe. Maybe. I mean, do squirrels want to collect squirrels? No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> it's just squirrel. <laughs> yes, Annie. Annie, I'm afraid you have a disease. Like my thing with sunglasses. Maybe she's a squirrel. Collects squirrels. <laughs> you go to her house and I just remember when I got this. Dozens of little squirrel heads on the wall of her bedroom. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm not saying that's true. That squirrel was really darn cute yesterday, though. Uh-huh. Okay. What's, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. The pig races really capture everyone's attention. Thanks so much. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> wow. Sorry about that. Yeah. Hey, I was calling to find out where I could get visa water. Uh, Viso, what? Oh, you mean Viso? Yeah. Uh, where can I pick it up? Where, where, do you, do you where do you live, sir? Uh, Southwest. Where do you work? I'm actually in North Portland right now. You're in the airport. You're in North Portland. Are you going to the airport? Uh, no, I'm actually working right now. All right. Uh, North Portland, well, I would say, you know, Plaid Pantry is usually, guys. Is there a Plaid Pantry somewhere nearby? I think I passed one. I'm sorry? I think I passed one. Uh, Plaid Pantry usually has it sometimes, but not always 7-Eleven. Uh, and then, of course, you know, depending on, on where you are, you know, the different stores, I know, like Whole Foods and Zoo Pants and stuff, but sometimes it's more like in the in, that's in the metro area. But I would check out uh, Plaid Pantry. Okay, perfect. All right, and uh, are you a fan of caffeine? Uh, of course. Okay, then I would recommend either Will or Vigor, flavor-wise. Okay, I hear you talking about it all the time, and I was like, i got to try that. It is I'm fantastic. drinking one right now. It really is. It's really it's good. And got a little hangover today. I figured nothing better to fix it. Excellent. Attention, advertisers. How old are you, sir, if I may ask? 23. All right, excellent. See, there you go. Thank you, my friend. What's your name? Mike. All right, Mike, you call us anytime. Enjoy your viso. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. All right, that guy. All right, here's Tim Wright. Let's do one more. And one more we'll... tale from Mother Russia. Take a take a break. Oh, and then I got all this beer to give away. Oh. Let me just real quickly, let me go through what I got here. Must one be 21 to win? Yes. Uh, I've got McTarnahan's Amber Ale. What else? My uh, friend Heather loves all those fancy bears. Uh, special Heather? Special, I mean, your special friend Heather. I didn't say that. Uh, your friend Heather. Yeah. Whose mind I admire greatly. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got uh, classic Bohemian Saxer Pilsner. Um, what else? Jack Frost Winter Doppelbach. 
I don't know where any of these... probably all the same thing. I don't know why she a has any of these. Duffelbach? Dark... I like that word. I like Duffelbach. Duffelbach. <laughs> You're a Duffelbach. I don't even know what a Bach is. Is that a kind of a ale or something? A beer. All right. This is dark Bach. Do you see what I mean about my wife maybe having had the slightest bit of a problem? These are all leftovers from, like, whole six-packs that I think she's accumulated. Uh, let's see what else. Another dark Bach. Portland Lager. Lager. Uh, another Pilsner. Hey, Squid just wrote me and said last week he found a Viso in Seattle. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. And finally, I might actually keep this one. This is from the Washat. Dusty. People think that this is a, a, a fake beer. You'll see this label online sometimes. Like people will put this like as a wacky graphic in a message board or something. Mm-hmm. But it is real from the um, from the Wasatch Brewing Company. Yes, it is Polygamy Porter. Why have just one? There you go. All right, Tim. Let's do one more. And we'll take a break. Well, a Russian man woke up to find a six-inch knife stuck in his back. Yuri Lelalin spent the evening drinking with a fellow worker when the two got into an argument. Lelalin fell asleep in his office, and instead of going to work, he decided to ride the bus home, have breakfast, and go back to work. All was fine till his wife noticed a knife sticking out of his back. A surgeon treated him and said the knife had gone through some soft tissue. It hadn't uh, penetrated any vital organs, so he's ready to go out again tonight. There you go. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, let's see. In uh, the uh, next hour, we will have the top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. More from Tim Riley and uh, Dennis Pitzenbarger from Miles Around. And stay there. We'll be back after this. It's 503 It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. See, here's the thing is, I shouldn't like this song, because it's so cutesy, and just kind of, I don't know, it's so precious sounding, and I shouldn't like it, but I really do. Can't deny it. She was so perfect looking in this camera. Yeah. I mean, I know everybody ages. Her problem is she just looks too skinny. She, wait, she looks very bony now. And as though she has soaked up a little too much sun as well. She's got that leathery thing going on. This is the greatest pizza I have ever eaten. There was some pizza in the kitchen just now. So Sarah and I just, uh, during the break, I walked into the kitchen... Uh, just get a napkin for something or other. I was gonna, it was like I was going to blow my nose or whatever. But I walk into the kitchen and, like, on the table, sitting there bathed in a golden glow, two pizzas. I immediately appeared back at the door. Oh, my God, there's pizza in the kitchen. I know you walked in and, like, shut the door and you just kind of looked at everything. I'm like, do you have a present? I can tell that you had something. You can tell I was holding something back. There's pizza in the kitchen. All right, so I, uh, by the way, if you go to rickemerson.com, you go down to the second blog posting, you can view the gallery of uh, submitted logos for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, since the last time we checked, there's been about four or five more posted. Can I do, and I don't mean to sound like I'm just sitting here waxing everybody's car, but goddamn, our audience is really talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, really amazingly talented. I mean, some of these sort of work better than others. Some of them are good, but maybe don't have the right vibe. Some of them have the right vibe, but, you know, maybe, maybe they won't work for some other reason. I mean, we can only pick one at the end. I mean, it, it really, when all is said and done, it, it really, one of these is going to be the logo, and probably the other ones won't. But, I mean, it's really good. This is the best batch of logos we've ever had submitted. 
It's really phenomenal. I, I strongly encourage everybody to go check these out. You go to rickemerson.com, scroll down and click on the little thing that takes you to the uh, the photo gallery. Somebody has put one up that's a 20-sided die, uh, but it's on a felt table. So Because we got the whole, you know, because it's called Emerson's 11, so there's a whole kind of Rat Pack Casino Vegas sort of vibe. There's a roast happening. And there's this one that is, it's a really clean-looking graphic. I like it a lot. It there's There's the one at the very bottom right that says Emerson's 11, and it is a blue... 20-sided uh, role-playing die that, of course, has landed on 11, and it's on a felt background. It, j- it looks really good. Um, there's another one above that that's sort of Soviet-looking that I like. There's another one. There's another new one where it's a handful of cards and poker chips and a cocktail wow. napkin. Wow. And on the cocktail napkin, all the party information has been written by hand. It looks really good. I, I really dig that one. Um, I think a lot of people are there right now because it's really slow to load. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I it, it really, it, it, I, it, it does kind of bum me out that, I mean, I guess when all is said and done, we kind of got to pick one that's going to be the, the definitive party logo. But we, I got to find something to do with these. We got to have, maybe when the party actually happens, we'll do some sort of a display or maybe like a, a gallery at the Crystal because we're going to be at the Crystal Ballroom Thursday, May fifteenth, uh, for the next listener party, listener party eleven. Um, maybe we'll have some sort of a gallery where we can display all of these because these are all really great. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't would not say it if it were not so. So uh, yeah, I like the pig the pigs one still. Yeah, and there's this. Have you seen the one about halfway? You probably won't spot this, but about halfway down the page, there's one. Oh, there's one of me in a halter top. And how cool is that? That's I mean, really cool. In a way, it's uh, there's one about. Uh, and again, we're talking about something that a lot of people probably aren't able to see right now. But when you get a chance. Uh, go check out the photo gallery, or the gallery anyway, of submitted listener logos for Listener Party 11. There's this one that is a sort of, it's like a pen, it's like a pen, like an ink drawing, like a comic book drawing, black and white. And it is t- of Tim and Sarah and I, sort of uh, like a for- like a 40s noir kind of a thing. It's sort of like we look, it's like a detective novel, like a Mickey Spillane thing. And so there's Tim and I in suits, and then Sarah kind of looks like a dame. And so Sarah's got like a skirt and sort of like a, I don't know what kind of shirt you call that. But it's some sort of kind of a... Uh, Kind of a tied, I don't know. It's not a halter top. I don't know what the hell that's called. It's like but, a knotted up shirt. But uh, anyway, but so Sarah kind of looks like some sort of a, uh, some sort of a, some sort of a, a broad from uh, from a 40s detective novel. It's really, really great. So if you get a chance, go check those out. Uh, we will settle on one uh, for the listener party, hopefully by the end of the week. Although I got to say, I may keep the uh, nominations open a little longer just because they look so cool. Yeah, I'm not. I'm looking at these and I have no idea. I would have no idea right now if you told me to pick one. I wouldn't. I would have no ability. The X Files one's pretty badass too. Uh, there's one that you probably won't recognize, but it's about two thirds of the way down, and it's black and white and red, and it's a shot from back from the from the back of a guy sort of reclining in an armchair, mm-hmm. sort of a silhouette. That is great because it's a combination of stuff from the show and the Mad Men logo. So that is the logo from the show Mad Men. Oh, cool. And it's sort of a it's sort of a 50s looking guy shown from the back in black silhouette with a cigarette in his fingers, which I is really righteous. Anyway, uh, you can submit those still at uh, 970.am or you can do it at rickemerson.com. Uh, Rick Emerson uh, listener party 11 happening Thursday, May 15th with Roastmaster Carl Click. Uh, and roasters including Sarah X. Dillon, other roasters to be announced, a set from our good friends in Nickel Arcade, uh, the musical stylings of Emerson, Starship, and all kinds of surprises. So uh, be listening for that. Let's do these calls, uh, and then we will do uh, maybe the uh, maybe the top five here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, hey, guys. What's up? Uh, hey. A couple, hey. Uh, a couple things. I'm looking at the logos. I love the comic book one. That one is fantastic. It's really, really cool. 
And uh, second thing is, thank you for streaming down at our, our office. It's a concrete building, and we get absolutely no reception, so that is fantastic. My, uh, my friend Jarris is in the hospital right now, and he's surrounded by electronic equipment, and there's just a, no, he couldn't receive an AM radio if you put a gun to his head. So, exactly. yeah, he's able to get it online. And the third thing is, is my wife is a sucker for anything that's suffering. She will not let any animal suffer, so we rehab. We've rehabbed everything from possums to squirrels to skunks and the squirrels are the most disgusting creatures ever now because you see them and they look sort of you know fluffy and clean and harmless and cute yeah it, it would be different if you could put it you know make it go in a box but they go in there wherever they're living <laughs> so if they're running around her house they're going in her house and it is the most pungent smell uh, it's it'll run you out of a house maybe they, we should all take a field trip to annie's residence and see <laughs> probably what it smells not like. i think if you probably got within a block of her place you'd know it was hers that's it, rob speculating on that and, and i'm sure that annie's a very clean girl and, you know, squirrels, they look all really nice and cute, and we rehabbed ours from, like, little infants that got knocked out of a tree. Mm -hmm. And once they hit about juvenile age and you try to reach in and, and feed them, they're defending their territory. They lose a I've never seen a man scream and run so fast. Those things move like lightning. Somebody had actually asked this question, I didn't know the answer to it, which is, why you never see baby squirrels? Because they're up in trees and when they're protected. Is that true? Now, yep. Okay, can I ask another question? Sure. So during the winter, uh, where do squirrels live? Generally in your attic. So well, in my attic, anyway, they find a hole, they get inside, and, and they. So they don't live in. Place. So they're not outdoors. So during the winter, they all find an indoor place to hide. No, out. not all of them. Some of them find a you know knot in a tree, a, a hollow spot somewhere warm, make a nest, and okay. just, and sleep. And oh, our winters here are pretty mellow. In Wisconsin, you know, or something like that, where it's really, really cold, they I don't even know what they do. Yeah, they either they either probably die off, or they just sort of yeah, they find a way to, to stash out inside. Yeah, maybe somewhere. hibernate, something like that. All right, excellent. Hey, uh, excited about the show or about about the listener party? Can't wait! Can't yeah. believe it's been over a year. I mean, last uh, year was April, and I think the year before that was April, and we kind of got a late start on putting it together this year. But uh, yeah, May fifteenth, Crystal Ballroom, my friend. Well, the last one, um, when you looked out over the crowd, everybody was wavering pretty much. It's going to be really excellent on that bouncing floor with a bunch of oh, you know, what three thousand oh, yeah. drunk people, and that's the thing. And, and let me just tell you this: We had a long talk. God bless him with the Crystal Ballroom, who are who are really, really, you know, good. I'm a big fan of the venue. Just even just you know, as, as a customer going there to see other shows, I like the Crystal Ballroom a lot. And we had a long talk with them, and we we sat him down, Susan Reynolds and I. And we said, look, you have to know this: the audience drink like fish. You have to know because we have, and I don't want to name anybody in particular, but in the past. We have gone to venues that maybe were great in a lot of ways, but they just never listened to us. And we would, we would tell them, like, look, you've got to have seven bartenders at least. And they just wouldn't listen, and they always uh, got screwed in the end. Have so. you not at every listener party set a record at the venue you're at for alcohol consumption? We have. I'm proud to say that this is exactly the sort of thing that makes my, uh, makes my mother proud to be uh, my mother. That Yes, at every uh, listener party we've done, we have actually broken the bar record every single time. So. A little, little callback. It's amazing that people that can drink that much alcohol are that creative to make those great logos. It is true. Well, yeah. well you need something to do while you're detoxing, I guess. All right. Well, we'll see you in a le less than a month. Thank you, sir. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, so the crystal they, they really do understand. I think we made the point with absolute clarity to them uh, that they're going to have, I think the crystal said they're going to have three separate bars running simultaneously. Cool. There's going to be two downstairs, and I think there's a like a satellite bar that they put, I don't know, maybe on the balcony, but in some back somewhere or something. All right, what are we doing here? Let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We'll do these and then maybe break and come back early, do the top five with Tim, and then talk to Dennis Pittsburgh. Hello. 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 Uh, I just I know where to get the Viso in Southwest. In Southwest Portland, where at, sir? Uh, Lamb's Birthways in uh, Garden Home and on Shoals Ferry. Excellent. Outside Greenway. And then there's also somebody had said I, they live near Hawthorne, and actually I know the Hawthorne Market, uh, which is what like 42nd and Hawthorne. 
Where's the Hawthorne Market? Oh, it's on uh, 41st and Hawthorne. 41st and Hawthorne, the Hawthorne Market. They have it, it always well. like fully stocked, and they have boxes of it there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Excellent. Blue bottles with the green cap. Best show ever. Thank you, sir. All right. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Let's do one more, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, guys. It's Storm. Hello, Storm Lodge. How are you? Storm, I'm, I'm fine. How are you? What's are up, people sister? still thinking I'm pregnant? Well, I don't, we haven't heard it's not our Storm. place to say, Storm. We figure that's your business. <laughs> All right. Well, do, is it because I look like I like I got a vodka belly or something? No. Or is it no one way? wanted to. No you have one a vodka wa- baby, Storm. <laughs> no. I have a vodka baby. <laughs> no one wanted to tell you. Uh, well, somebody called us on Monday, and it was, of course, the last call of the day. It was like at 2.59, and I answered the phone as I, Rick Emerson, show last call of the day. And the guy says, uh, hey, uh, did you hear that Storm's pregnant? And I said, what? And he said, yeah, she said it on stage Friday at Dundon. And, of course, Sarah and I weren't at the show on Friday. Yeah. Uh, and because she was out of town and I was uh, doing my thing at the Aladdin. And so we didn't know. And I, we kind of looked at each other and went, well, I, I don't know. And then that was the end of the show. Oh, so. my gosh. Well, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, Davey's, Davey's been well well snipped. Uh, and uh, okay. if I were pregnant, that would, that would be quite a, quite a scandal. That would be awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, my call is not about procreation. I actually have a squirrel story. When I was little, I had two baby squirrels, and they were adorable. And so I woke up one morning to find really itchy little red spots all over my body <laughs> because they had these things called mites. Uh. Yeah, really. They're, they're lousy little Gross little vermin. Yeah, no, mites are things that like to munch on your skin, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the deal with those. So it, it was horrible. It, it, I think they're one of those uh, creatures that you think are adorable, and then you don't really realize how vile uh, that they actually are until you get them in your house. So, yeah, yeah right. they should not be in your house. All right, uh, so uh, now we'll have to speak in um, uh, sort of obliquely here, but uh, now have you pondered uh, the discussion we had last week? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I'm still... I'm, I'm, Sarah and I are gonna are gonna polish off a bottle of something and have long talks about you, Rick Emerson. Yeah, we are next week. All right. Does so next week still work for you sometime? Yeah, next week will be will be perfect. Okay, cool. All right. And so we'll we'll eat and drink and and make merry at the expense of Rick Emerson. Okay, All right. that sounds Excellent. good. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Storm. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Bye later. now. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Tim O'Reilly around the corner. Top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along, making it part of your listening day. 503-733-2970. Still to come, top five heavy guitar pop songs. Are you going to be doing your top five Cheryl Crow songs tomorrow? I don't have a top. I would rather do a top five other songs than Cheryl Crow songs. Are you going to call it that? 
called what? Top five other songs other than Sheryl Crow. Other songs that don't involve Sheryl Crow. I, think we, I haven't thought about Sheryl Crow in years. I, I think this we, is being put on me. You're the one who said that you loved her so much. I didn't say anything. I said she was a six. I think we sort of toyed with the idea of putting it together, but then I realized... As we were sort of listening to one of the songs during the break, that that is a much better idea than it is an actual thing. I think actually executing a top five of Sheryl Crow would be excruciatingly dull. That's a thing we probably should have left at the idea stage. Yeah. Let's never speak of it again. Here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Maybe Al Gore was right. We had 80-degree weather last weekend, and this weekend it's going to snow. Now, Tim, you've lost that Lars listener for life now. And seasonally cold weather means snow levels will drop to even 500 feet. It'll be a mix of snow and rain on the valley floor. You know where the valley is, don't you? Morning temperatures Sunday and Monday are expected to drop to 25 to 30 degrees, putting your spring plants at risk. This will include the greater Portland metropolitan area, all the way to Mount St. Helens. The ski resorts will get another six inches of snow. Don't say you weren't mourned. Windows XP is going off the market in June. Now, originally they said they were going to take it off the market in January, but gave you six extra months. So now people are confused as ever. Uh, apparently, you'll, you'll be able to find it, but it'll take some looking. So the question is, will I be forced to upgrade to Vista soon, you Windows users? No, but it's going to become harder and harder not to, especially since new software and peripherals will likely stop working with XP. But that could take years. Will your XP machine stop working in June? No. You know, it stopped working just last night for a while, so really, what's the difference? I mean, what is the change, really, there? All right. How about this? We should do this. How about top five, uh, top five least interesting popular artists? Something like that. There's something that, because the Cheryl Crow thing is that she has all of these hits, and yet we find her singularly tedious. So, I mean, top five blandest successful artists. Mm-hmm. There's something There's that... There's no shortage of them. Top five artists, top five successful artists to whom we are indifferent. Mariah Carey, number one. Top five artists you would pay $10 to see, but no more. That doesn't include April Levine. She's no. nine. I have to roll the turn mm-hmm. in my head tomorrow. I feel like there's something there. Here's Tim Riley. I thought we were going to do a top five. Are we going to do the top five? I guess so. Let's do the top five. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And just as on Wednesday, we counted down the top five guitar pop songs of all time. We now delve deeper into the niche with a somewhat more aggressive variation on the same musical theme. These are the top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. So yesterday, uh, in uh, association with Chris Paddock uh, from KUFO, so I put together the top five guitar pop songs of all time, which, and we decided that that sort of uh, denoted a kind of lightness or a sort of uh, a sort of deafness where it wasn't too heavy, it wasn't too loud, because there is this sort of post-1991, post-1992, everything became really, really loud, uh, whereas, uh, I sound so old, but uh, th- that guitar production techniques became such, especially after the Weezer Blue album came out, to where everything had just these monstrous walls of guitar. And so we decided that guitar pop 
uh, predated that and was sort of uh, lighter sounding, whereas heavy guitar pop post-dated that and had a thicker sound. So it's a small distinction to be sure, but one that appeals to musical snobs everywhere. So these are the top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. And we did, by the way, limit ourselves to one Weezer song only on this list. Any Mickey Dolans? No. Okay. No, Tim, but thank you. Honorable mention goes to What You Do To Me by Teenage Fan Club. Hmm. Let's see. Is this playing? Oh, I guess it would help if I... There we go. I So this is sort of a legendary band in that Teenage Fan Club is one of those bands that never really became that successful. Everybody sort of thought they were the next big thing. Everybody bet all of their money on Teenage Fan Club. The record company gave them a huge advance. Couldn't sell a record if their life depended on it. This song is also notable, by the way, for, I think, having only 17 words, something like that. What You Do To Me is almost the entire song, except for that little part about, I know there's something, blah, 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 which get me down on my knees. There's a Rolling Stone magazine, a famous record review that came out in early 91 or mid-1991, where they reviewed this album, which was called Bandwagon-esque, back-to-back with Nirvana's Nevermind. They gave Nevermind a star and a half, and they gave this album five stars. This album isn't even in print anymore. You couldn't buy this album if you had to. This sounds like another song, too. It's kind From of... the 70s. The reason this is sort of an honorable mention is because it's kind of bland, actually. It, mm-hmm. th- this is a band that gets so much acclaim now because they never sold any records. Who is this? Teenage Fan Club. I mean, it's, you know, it's okay. It's an okay power pop song. It just doesn't really do much for you. This sounds like another song, I believe, in the early 70s called Taking a Ride. Ride, Ride, oh, I Ride, Ride Taking a Ride. No, I, I can totally see that. And so if these guys had been more successful, nobody would really talk about them. But they're considered one of those late, great, lost bands, which is why they have so much buzz factor. Not really that good, though. All right. Well, they'll do. Top five heavy guitar uh, songs of all time. Number five, Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet. This is a great song. Not my favorite Matthew Sweet song, but probably the definitive Matthew Sweet song. You know the song, Tara? I, it sounds familiar. I don't know if I know it, know it. A lot of these songs date from the early 90s sort of alterna pop era. Big hits that then sort of inexplicably vanished. I used to play this all the time. I want to love somebody. You need to be back in the arms of a good friend. And I need to be back in the arms of a good friend. It's a great song. I'm a huge Matthew Sweet fan. Never really got his due. Most of these bands actually didn't. A lot of these bands were sort of one-hit wonders or just sort of bubbled under and then kind of slipped away. Counting on the top five heavy guitar pop songs. Number four, Dream All Day by The Posies. The Posies, a great Seattle band that never really got credit the way that the other Seattle bands at the time did because they didn't sound like the other Seattle bands. I've got a lot of 
great hook on this song. This song's got a, a fantastic hook. I mean, how great is this? I mean, they ought to be playing this right now. Probably not. There's probably not a single radio station in the country that plays this. They sound like the Raspberries. Yeah, well, you know, all of these bands kind of sound like the Raspberries. I was talking to uh, to somebody about that. Uh, there was a guy who emailed me about the Raspberries today. And, uh, you know, all of these bands really owe those guys. And Eric Carmen really ought to be getting royalties in all these songs. Kind of the top five heavy guitar pop songs. Number three, Mexican Wine by the Fountains of Wayne. He was killed by a They're doing the great thing here of sort of setting the hook so you recognize it more strongly the second time around. This is off the Welcome Interstate Managers album. And this is what I mean about everything after Weezer suddenly having these massive guitars. This is the same album that had Stacy's Mom, which was sort of the, the big hit off this with... Really, in my world, every single song could sound exactly like this. Just big, huge, loud, syrupy chorus with big, thick guitars. Counting on the top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. Number two, A Girl Like You by The Smithereens. Boy, how great is that? Is this my Sharona? I, I can I can totally hear that. I love this song. Fantastic. Counting down the top five heavy guitar pop songs of all time. And number one, Buddy Holly by Weezer. I know a lot of people prefer the sweater song. This is the better song to me because the sweater song is great, but it sort of plods along. It sort of takes a while to kind of get to where you're going. And this is just like a huge hook right out of the gate. And this is the record that really set the standard in many ways for those massed 
thick rhythm guitars that these pop songs had. I remember when this record came out, I had guitarist friends who were just astounded at how loud it was. And they just sat and they would just... This is before the Internet, so you didn't really know these things. I remember hanging out with musician friends of mine who would just spend hours trying to figure out how they got guitars to sound this loud. And it was Rick Ocasek, who was the producer, who was doing all these different voicings of the same chords and, you know, whatever, but... This reminds me of my paper route with my friend Pete. We had a um, we had a paper route together, and we just like chain smoke and listen to you know and drive around like at 4 a.m. on Saturdays and listen to Weezer and Beck like the oh. entire time. It was a, it was a really interesting time in American it music. It was it was very interesting. And I mean, there's a, some of that stuff from that era really holds up. Some of it doesn't, but it was it was hearing a lot of sounds that had never really existed before. Beck is a perfect. I remember that Odelay album, which sounded mm-hmm. like nothing that you had ever heard in your life. Same thing with this. Boy, this is still great. I mean, this is, I would say this song is flawless. Mm. Yeah, it really doesn't get much better than this. All right, we'll take a break. Back with uh, Dennis Fitzenbarker after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, and two of the guys who made the Raiders of the Lost Ark shot-for-shot adaptation. Uh, Man, I'm so excited for that. It's cool. I'm looking forward to talking to the guys. And are you going tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Are you you thinking you're going to? I don't know. Uh, It starts at 7.30, and I think Lara wants to go. Uh, So I may either You should do both nights. I I might go without her tomorrow and then go with her on uh, Saturday. So it's it's tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, And then coming Monday, Roger Klein. Tuesday, Charlie Murphy. Next Friday, uh, Jonathan Colton will be here in the studio with us. Uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger from Miles Around joining us now. Hello. How are you? Uh, Doing well. Uh, Lots to talk about. Lots to get to. Uh, You know, as as always, uh, you know, this is a crammed, packed show with hours of entertainment uh, like a... uh, Two-pound sack with ten pounds of ham in it. Is this your way of passively complaining that we brought you on late? No, I don't okay. care. I mean, he's, all, he's, all, he's business mode today. You I'm can tell sorry. Too. I'm in business mode. I, you know, I've lost 45 pounds. My fat butt fits in all these nice clothes again. Um, I guess I shouldn't say fat butt anymore because I actually don't really have a fat butt anymore. So it's been a, a nice, uh, uh, a, a nice trip down the weight loss, uh, the weight loss path. Man, you sound—you know who exactly who you sound like right now? You sound like Clyde Lewis. I can totally see you that. Because Clyde's always like, well, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I lost a lot of weight. You know, I'm I've, fitting into my clothes. You know, Can't I've, say I'm fat anymore. I've lost 700 pounds. Yeah. 
That's I, not a bad thing. No, but I've just heard Clyde say that same thing. I would like to think that I am never once in my uh, years to come, I'm ever going to say I've lost 700 pounds. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I really don't want to ever say, someone please get a forklift and get me out of bed. I guess the context for that would be a little disturbing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I actually, I, I, there's lots to talk about. We've, we've got a lot of things going on on Miles Around. Um, Car Wars has been a huge success. Uh, Big Jim brought his, uh, his comic mind to the show. One of the things has been really successful and brought on Aaron Geek in the city is Car Wars because it kind of brings up this iconic things of either e-movies or TV one against the other even video games so this week it's actually going to be the Road Warrior versus the Spy Hunter so we've been uh, kind of thinking about that be fun another thing that's come up is tonight now I know Sarah's been talking about going to the Timbers game you're going to go to the Timbers game tonight yes sir it's Thirsty Thursday now the beauty are you thing going about... with Farmer Ted no no I'm going with um, with a couple friends I'm going with Heather and with Chris and... all right a bunch of folks. Timber games are actually great. I just got back from an event in California for the G8 from Pontiac, a great, fantastic new car from Pontiac. The guy I sat next to, one of the referees for the Timbers games, he said he actually runs about 15 to 17 miles a game. Wow. I mean, I was like, are you kidding me? Well, because they are constantly just back and forth on the field. Oh, it's amazing to watch those guys. I mean, me, if I ran from one end of the studio to the other, I would collapse in cardiovascular pain. Oh, so. Sarah's seen me come down that, like, I have to run to my office during a commercial break. So I have to run up the stairs. Literally, like, 12 stairs. <laughs> there are office. not that many stairs at all. <laughs> down, and I come back and... <laughs> and it's so sad because you can just keep eating and eating and you don't get any bigger. And That's you don't right, exercise. Sir. You just sit there and shove your face with Easy Mac. And you know, I was really unpopular in high school. And now I just eat cheeseburgers and I never gain any weight. It's the darndest thing. Are you bulimic? Yes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. My teeth are all gritty right now. Hi, what's up? Hey, Rick. Hey. Chief, partner, slick. Hey. I know how much you love that. Uh... Sarah's drink is uh, Sarah's V cubed, Vizo Vigor vodka. Okay. Okay. Uh, her uh, recently, the last month. Normally she's awesome, great talent, love her to death. Oh, no. But she's totally been engaged the last month or so. Oh, wait, so you're saying more. even better. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the farmer boy. <laughs> okay, see, we thought you were... I we, thought you were going to say something. We like, I know. Like, oh, Sarah's no. normally great, but now it appears that the worm has turned. Okay, so you're saying... Norm, you're, hold on, just let's clarify. Yeah. So you're saying normally, as great as she normally is, the last month you feel Sarah has been... Her demeanor has been even more positive. She's been an even bigger and better part of the show. Oh, absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. And, and you're attributing this to maybe... Minute. To the to the to maybe the the sweet touch of her new man. Oh, stop it! Yeah, that's his. I'm just repeating well, what the well, cover thank you said. For the kind well, I've been sir. thinking that for a month anyway, and now we get the the full story. All right. Yeah, but I got one more thing. Yeah. Maybe a top five from her. She mentions her Christian CDs quite often. Yes. I'm wondering if maybe she couldn't give us her top five. Top uh, five bad Christian acts. Oh, no, 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 no. Good ones. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Good ones. Sure. And has she heard of Hillsong? No, but are you talking about like Michael W. Smith, like Pet that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, whatever Petra. you like. Yeah. I respect your opinion. I'd like to know what you like. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All, all right. right, geek. All I can think Ooh. of is Striper. Is that bad? No, Petra is totally Striper. what I go to. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Uh, Striper was was to Petra as uh, like Motley Crue was to this Toto. Is Striper. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Petra is much more. Uh, Petra is a little more mainstream.
Oh, Petra. I didn't realize you You ever heard Petra? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm bringing some Petra in tomorrow. Oh, it's awful. That's what I had to listen to because Striper, we weren't allowed to listen to Striper. A little too rock. How much time do we have here? Uh, Let's see. A couple minutes. What's happening this weekend? And I want to get, uh, we have a mattress world update, so I want to get that. Well, uh, we have Cindy Lutz from the Grand Prix of Long Beach, which is a great call-in part of the uh, new uh, dynamic of the show. Also, I'm going to be talking about the Lancer Evo 10. Um, The gentleman who was just talking about uh, Sarah's drink of flavor, I actually got this given to me uh, by the Fast Track. It's a Warriors of Dirt. It's a local race series. They actually know. They listen to this show very regular. They listen to our program. And uh, they actually offered up a basically a open vodka tab uh, for Miss Dillon uh, for her to uh, come down to the Dante's Deadly Sin Tour to go down there. It's lust this evening. So I don't know if you want to go. It's just an open offer. But uh, I'm just saying in my world, when I was drinking vodka by the gallon, if someone offered a free tab for vodka, I, I'm all there. That sounds like trouble. Well, I'm just saying they had they have they have reserved a seat and a tap uh, strictly for you. And a hose. So basically, <laughs> a uh, vat, a, a a kiddie pool of vodka for well, you to play in. Is, is it going to be a big tube? Uh, it is tonight. Actually, you could go to the to the Timbers game. I could drink my beer at the Timbers game, and then God, I sound I, like an elky. Uh, no, you don't. It's just you know, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, Me, I'm going to go home and play with a two year old and do play doh and change diapers. Take advantage of the fact that now you have the chance. Go drink for two, Sarah. <laughs> will you drink for two? Will you drink as if you're pregnant and trying to get rid of it? All right. Uh, <laughs> hello, hi. You're on the. Wow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, what's up? What do you got? Hey, um, I was just, I was a little intrigued by the whole Matches World thing, and I was like, well, why don't somebody just call him and ask? ask and, and I did. And? And the guy, he goes, um, I asked, uh, can I ask a question about uh, John and Sherry? And he goes, sure. And I was like, well, are they, did they get a divorce? Because only she's in the commercials now. Yeah, right. and, and he said that um, he retired. And retired from the company or <laughs> from the Yes, he wasn't really too, you know, specific, but he said he retired and she had about like nine years left or something. And and I kind of, you know, and I was asking, well, are they still together? And then he kind of just hung up on me. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, I see. That's yeah. a non-denial denial. Exactly. Thank you, sir. Hey, wait, I got, some, I got a Viso name for you. Okay. What about Viso Horny? No, that's uh, that's great. Actually, then uh, to be fair, Aaron Duran has already put together a drink with Vigor, and I think Vigor, oh, or I'm sorry, with Will, and something else that I think is Viso Horny. Viso Horny is Viso Will and Coconut Rum. Oh, all right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Do we have time for one more? Sure. All right. You are the final call of the day. Don't blow. I won't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Way to put the pressure on I assumed it was like some tattooed guy, you know? He just hit you with a rubber hose and see if he can't come up with something really intelligent. The last call is always a guy going, hey, well, hello, Rick. All right, hello. How can I help you? Hi, this is Skyler. Yes. Also known as Sky. Uh-huh. And I just wondered if you guys have ever heard of Mason Williams' Classical Gas. Indeed, I have. I've played that many times as a DJ. Oh, that's a fabulous, fabulous. We used to go and see him when he was in the Navy, and he played in a little coffee house uh, down in San Diego. Was that that place? Was that that bar, The Onion Belt? No, it was called... Oh, God, I can't even remember. It was so long ago. But, uh, yeah, he used to come out from the ship and, and play. Uh, fantastic, guys. Fan- Thank you. Bye. Bye.